Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 202. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of books that we are looking forward to coming out February 12th. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're taking a look at some of the books that came out in the month of January. Yeah. All of them books. All well, them Not all books. them books. Some of them books. <laughs> some of them books we read. Yeah, so we've, we got, yeah. so we've got um, Disney Kingdom Seekers of the Weird, number one. Plus, oh, Marvel Man. Miracle, <laughs> Miracle Man. <laughs> reissuing. Yeah. Of Miracle Man. And then uh, All New Invaders, number one. Yes. We're all bringing a book to the table. So look forward to that. And we've also got an all-new beer that I have brought to the table as well. An all-new brewery to the website, or to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. this is um, the first time we've had them. This is from Hamburg Brewing Company. Um, Hamburg's a little suburb right outside of Buffalo. We're kind of all from that area. This mm-hmm. is from our neck of the woods. Um, this brewery opened not too long ago, a couple um, months ago. I believe uh, in September. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Um Hamburg Brewing Company is actually owned by the Russos, who own Sorrento Cheese as well. Oh. So. There you go. Get raised for some cheese puns. And uh, where you go to get their beer used to be where they kept all their Ferraris. Yeah, that used to be their, like, car garage. <laughs> oh, wow. Because they collected cars. Good for like, them. The barn that you go to for the brewery now used to be the garage. It's, it smells like muscle car? <laughs> no, it smells, it smells it's, really, it's really nice in there. It is super nice. But what we have here first is their brand new beer. They just brewed this back in um, January for a special beer like pairing dinner that they were doing. This is Derailer. This is an imperial stout that has been aged in bourbon barrels. Two things that we like and we just happen to love together. And also uh, a name that is synonymous with this podcast. Because we constantly <laughs> derail each other. Also, this is a 9.4%. So this isn't that bad. Their, no. Their uh, words of wisdom are, don't get derailed on it. Mm. Uh, very good. You get nice vanilla notes. Um, you also get some really nice kind of coffee grounds on the front of the tongue. Really enjoyable. Really good job on the beer. Mm-hmm. I think this is a solid, solid beer, especially for... A brand new brewery. They've only mm-hmm. been doing this since September. And they're looking to expand their line. When I was there last time, they only had five beers on tap. Oh, wow. um, now they have, I believe, seven, with one of them being a like a guest tap. Right now they had one from Community Beer Works. Hmm, makes sense. On tap. Which is another local, local brewery. Frank's really good. Yeah, so you know what? It's a local brewery. When you walk in there, they don't have a lot of stuff. They have like a small food menu. You can get like appetizers, stuff to share. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a great atmosphere, and it's cool to see something like that in this area. Yeah, it definitely seems cool. With this beer, uh, you know, thinking back to the first time we had the Voodoo Imperial Stouts aged in bourbon, those had a bigger mouthfeel to them. Like this is like all up front, and then it kind of the flavors linger, but it doesn't have that coating of the tongue kind of thing going on. It's not as, I wouldn't say it's, it's as big and as bold yeah. as some of the other ones, but it's, it's a really solid beer though. I don't it, want to take away from it. I'm just, if there is anything lacking, the, I, I think it's that, you know, I, I think the big fullness that the, I kind of want. The other thing is those, um, 
matured in bottle mm-hmm. where this was poured into a growler and then we're drinking it that way. So I yeah, think this, this was just poured like four yeah. or five hours ago. I think, I think there's some difference because even the voodoo ones we had had sat in those bottles for a couple months yeah. before we cracked them open and now a That's year. True. So I think there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were to let this not in the growler, but bottle it and let it sit, I think you'd get a little fuller. Okay. Um, plus those are what four, four percent more than this yeah, nine. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a nice 9.4. It's good. It doesn't burn. There's no, you know, it, it seems like a real drinkable bourbon aged here, which is surprising. Yeah. This is something that, you know, we split those other bourbon bottles. Mm-hmm. They're great sipping beers where this is kind yeah. of like a drinking beer. You can, mm-hmm. you can go a little bit harder on this and, yeah, it will hit you, but it goes down really smooth. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's something they should have all the time. <laughs> I would, I'd make that you know, trip. They, hopefully they will. Yeah. Because th- they're new. They're trying stuff out. They have the ability to just kind of say like, well, let's do this. Yeah. Why? And not? see if it works. Yeah. It, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. So I was a little like, I'm like, what What could they really do? And now I'm like, okay, well, if they can do this, I'm sure they can do a lot of good gear. I thought you were going to go for like, oh, that's really exciting. Something else I'm really exciting is the news. No, but I, I agree with Paul. When I went there for the first time, like, their beers are good. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of a step up from the stuff that they had when I went there the first time. Okay. And if they're trying to grow and learn, and this is the first thing they've done since then, like, okay, yeah. Keep going. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I would agree. And they have a nice facility. And, uh, yeah, continue to grow. We have another one from them that we will be trying later as well. It's good that they have, you know, a vision of where they want to go. <laughs> now Paul's trying to do hey! something else. Much like how Avengers 2... <laughs> 202 episodes. I think I'd be able to follow your breadcrumbs a little better, Paul. Avengers 2 will also have a vision... In fact, the Vision, who's being played by the voice of Jarvis. Chaucer. Chaucer? Played Chaucer in Night's Tale. Oh, okay. One of the best sports movies of all time. <laughs> Go back and try to find that episode, whichever one it was. I don't have a number, but Paul, that was my pick. Paul Bettany. Bettany? Bettany. Bettany? Is, is it official official? It Yeah. It's according to multiple uh, outlets, including CBR. Deadline, uh, Bettany is already a Marvel Studios, you know, veteran no. doing the voice of Jarvis. It's not official, but everyone's talking about it, and then they're citing other news websites that have said, no, they're doing this because they said so on this website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this was a rumor that was going around last year, too, so it does have some credence to it. But until it's actually, like, official, like Marvel said, like, hey, this is happening... It's basically websites citing other websites who have cited other websites. Yeah. And uh, some sites have said that they've seen him doing makeup testing and, like, all-white makeup and stuff like that. Um, but I think it I think it does fit having, like, that uh, – is Jarvis kind of that – already kind of that entity thing moving into mm-hmm. having a physical shape and, you know – However, they're going to work. Maybe Ultron bring him in there to destroy him or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Who knows? Well, also um, rumored now 
we're going to be getting our lead-in for Age of Ultron at the end of Captain America the Winter Soldier, where we're going to be seeing the Maximoff twins popping in. That's what the stinger is for this one, supposedly. And that's from people that have gone to the previous screenings. The Maximoff twins meaning Wanda's? Pietro and Maximoff. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. uh, uh, Wanda, yeah. Okay, I was thinking, wait, you mean the Young Avengers twins? No. Uh, or, cause they were more twinny twin-like, but yeah. Yeah. So I you're saying realize, the Wonder, the Wonder Twins are gonna be in it? I never really realized that Wanda and Pietro, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were twins. I thought well, they so, were. So brother. are Luke and Leia. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, put it into the this, Star Wars This term. deep look of concentration on Paul's face, like it's just I, you know, I for whatever reason, I always like, thought you don't have to be identical twins. You can be yeah, like fraternal yeah. twins. Uh, Ed and Ed, Ed and Matt, <laughs> right there. I know they don't even look like brothers. <laughs> um, also, rumor now we might be seeing Miss Marvel hmm. in Age of Ultron as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, the big rumor was uh, Katie Sekoff from. Battlestar Galactica really? Starbuck was going to be oh. playing her back when the rumors first started years ago. Like, if they were going to have is, yeah, uh, Carol Danvers, yeah. I would definitely enjoy that uh, casting, but it's all rumor and speculation. I think it's more, yeah. ru- even more rumor than the vision rumors. Yeah. Something that isn't rumored is we've gotten our young Gordon for, uh, Gotham. The OCs. The CW's Gotham, right? Yep. I thought it was Fox. Didn't it's, it? it's some. Fox I think it says Fox. Constantine. No, NBC has Constantine. Constantine. Fox has Gotham. Oh, okay. So Fox's Gotham. Fox's Gotham. CW's Arrow. CW has Arrow. Arrow, yeah. See what happens when you know you're not owned. You're owned by Time Warner Cable. <laughs> Why, why wouldn't you be able to just have one television series station? I don't know. You know what? If someone else is willing to foot the bill for that kind of stuff, though, yeah, and you just make the money off yeah. of it, it might just be that. Like Warner Brothers might not want to actually spend the money to do all this stuff, but if someone else says, hey, we'll make Constantine, and then you just sit back and like get the paycheck from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they auctioned them off. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that could just be it. But it's going to be Ben McKenzie from uh, the OC fame, and uh, never watched the OC. Wait, and, and fame? Was he in the? No, he was from OC fame. No, no. Oh. the fame from the OC, oh. and also That's uh, he's known for. South uh, Southland. Oh, Southland Tales or just Southland? Southland, the uh, I think like TNT or TBS cop show. Okay. People um, like the OC. People liked that Southland. I, I, I A lot of it. comic fans. Oh. Uh, a big comic book fan slash writer was Alan Heidenberg. Yeah, was on Young was Avengers. Yeah, like that was his baby. Mm-hmm. That was his Paul baby, if you will. It was. Uh, also, uh, also um, Andy Dwyer. Uh, Andy Dwyer. Also, what I can't think of that actor's name. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. He was also on the OC. As was well. he? Yeah. I never. Oh, I guess he maybe, was on the last season. Maybe I should watch this. There's no, no. cap on it, dum dum. Uh, that's why I was like, why isn't this cap coming off? Because there is none. I was talking out of the microphone. I don't always look at things when I do that. Besides the microphone. Hmm. Hmm. What else we got for news? Uh, they're already hinting at a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 for Wave 3. <laughs> yeah, apparently Kevin Feige and everyone over at Marvel Studios have liked what they've seen so far from James Gunn's uh, 
Guardians of the Galaxy adaptation. Mm-hmm. And Guardians of the Galaxy might be what we're getting in the Phase 3 May slot. We still have two more movies coming that are unannounced yet. They could well, be. They've also they already said Thor, right? Thor was being planned for Phase Two. They're in the like writing Thor, but it's not official like when it's going to be. So, but it could be. Yeah. It could be one of those. You would imagine that would be part because no, or three would yeah. be part of Phase Three. Because I, I know that they were excited with that, and they're also excited with Winter Soldier, and we want those guys to come back. Uh, the the writer directors. I'm really looking forward to Winter Soldier and. The Super Bowl teaser trailer that they put up for it is awesome looking. Mm-hmm. Um, if for some reason you haven't seen that yet, I put those up on our Facebook page. I put up the like trailers for the stuff that I think was relevant to what we do and what we'll probably be seeing and talking about in the show. So, Captain America, uh, Transformers, Muppets, <laughs> Muppets, and uh, another one too. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, which looks really good based that, off that one. That that trailer, the Super Bowl spot trailer, made me uh, excited again for Spider Man because I was. Oh, have you watched it, Paul? Yeah, okay. uh, I saw. Yes. Before we start talking about this, um, just I, I kept on wanting to go back to Captain America because of you know the all the Robert Redford, the right? Robert yeah. Redford, oh my gosh, all the, all the more Robert Redford scenes. But. Ed Brubaker, got his the own, comic book writer, got his own movie poster now. known for The Winter Soldier, <laughs> like he wrote that arc. He was on set for, yeah, I've seen it, Paul. You, you don't need to turn your screen around with that weird look on your face. Put, put your box of dildos away. <laughs> Ed Brubaker was this like... This strawberry blonde one, I call Redford. <laughs> oh. Horrible. Ed Brubaker said like, everything he saw when he was on set looks fantastic, and then when they showed him some of the footage... He thinks this is going to be the best of the Marvel movies so far. And that's something coming from a seasoned comic book and Marvel and Captain America writer. Yeah. yeah. And also, they're the ones that did Iron Man 1, which is still an Avengers. You know, it's those are two of the best comic book movies to have come out ever. Yeah. I don't think that's... Uh, you know, uh, no, it's it's, yeah. it's overselling they, it. They do what they do, and they excel at it. Dark Knight, uh, Return. What? What? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is up there. One, two, three. Like, I, you can make an argument for any of those being the top movie. Yeah, I would say. I don't know if other people would put something else in their top three, but those I, are I my top three. I probably wouldn't have Iron Man up there, but I, I think it's so much. Iron fun. Man's really good. It's just but... so much fun. Before. No, because the other two give way down. Like Iron Man three is really good, but Iron Man three is really. I would put. I would. I would. <sighs> but I still don't think it's as fun as that first one. No, I really do enjoy the first one. So much comedy in there. Just so much. You know. Just so. And the tough thing about it, like the tough part of any like these comic book movies mm-hmm. is like people like get all pissy about like the X Men movies. Well, that was like. Ooh, X2 was really good. That was the... Yeah, but that was, like, eight years before... Yeah. And that's the the thing is, like... And even the most recent batch started, like, three years ago now. Yeah. No, even longer than that. Eight years for Iron Man 1. Yeah, almost... Almost 20 years for X-Men? It's got it. No, because no, it came, no. came out. Oh, it came out in two thousand. First one, first one came out in either ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, I think it was ninety nine. It was ninety nine because it was after like Blade did really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it before Episode One? 
think if it was before episode one, then it's ninety eight. I think it was. I think it was ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, minutia. because no. X two came out before we, or after we the were Matrix. friends when X two came out. Like, yeah. that was one of the first times we hung out, mm-hmm. and we got into comics after Spider Man. Yeah. So yeah, that's how that's how I tell time now. Comic book movies. <laughs> it marks time for us. Uh, I really have no like video game newsy stuff, you know. No, I never played Flappy Bird, so I don't really yeah, know. People seem to be going crazy for it. Just the difficulty of that game. Basically, you have to keep a bird like a flight by tapping on your screen, but you have to kind of go through like you know, an obstacle Mario course. pipes. Yeah. And if it hits any, anything, like it's game over, and you have to start again from the beginning. It's fun. Pe- people seem to be digging it, and the creator of the game, I'm not sure what his name was, like he's Korean. Um, he said like he's sick of the game, like people contacting him, like mm-hmm. on Twitter and email and everything. So he's he took it down off of. It's <laughs> like I'm. He put made up a thing. The money. I'm sorry. I just don't want to deal with the fame. He like he said like you know what it'll be down in 22 hours. And it's not up there anymore. Like, if you wanted this game, there's probably going to be Flappy Bird clones out there, mm-hmm. like Flying Bird or something like that. But, yeah. It could come back, though, because this all just happened within a day. Yeah. Well, you had um, other indie uh, creators being like, nope, I'm done. Uh, the Fez creator was like, not well, he was, doing it anymore, you know, because of Did you the- watch that indie game documentary no. on Netflix? No. It, watch it, because his indie story... Game, his story yeah. was really interesting, just all the stuff that he went through with the person he was like teamed up mm-hmm. with, the infighting that they had. He didn't think he was even going to have a game to show at, um, I can't remember if it was like E3 or PAX, like he was at a convention. Right. He was setting up his booth and was like, I, I need this guy to sign off on this so I can actually have people playing my game. <laughs> and just the love and attention he was getting from some people, but then just, like, the hate and, like, internet trolling and scorn from other people. Like, it, it was putting him through stuff. unseen, which is yeah. crazy to me. And I can understand him just being like, no, I'm done, because he yeah. was working on Fez, too, and he mm-hmm. just, he yep. was like, nope, done with, I'm I'm walking away. Fish? Something fish? Like Joe play fish? fish? Joe Fish? Something. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Uh... Other than that, Nintendo is discussing a unified, and this is from uh, Ars Technica, um, trying to figure out if they can just kind of rest on their laurels with their portable devices. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word portable. And make, basically be able to make a new portal to, you know, the new Nintendo 3DS, but have that be plugged into your TV. And just have that be the next game console, just all in one. Like, well, they, unplug it. They have that TV. technology because they the Game Boy Advance did that with the GameCube. Yeah, with the GameCube, but uh, standalone system. Just regular Game Boy did that with Super Nintendo. Yeah. But standalone, it would be its own system where it would have a, you know, control area that you could plug into it when you're at home or just unplug it at all and just take it with you. Kind of like how they uh, Why the wouldn't you now. just... Just carry it around and play it as the Game Boy. Why well, plug it into your TV? That, that's the thing, because you know what? If you're at home, why not look at it on that bigger screen? You, John, you could read comic books on your phone. You can do it just fine, but you want to read it on a tablet because it's a bigger mm-hmm. bigger picture. You get more resolution. You can make out the details better, right? 
and you have cross buy on PlayStation right now. Yeah, PlayStation Vita did it and PlayStation with the Vita, mm-hmm. and also with PlayStation Four and the Vita. Uh, they're really doing the yeah. You know, PSP stream. had it too mm-hmm. with the PS, where you can play your stream your games from your PlayStation Four, PlayStation Three to your Vita and play them that way. So it's so it's not even something original that they're doing. Well, it would be you would just it's it's them. Around. Leveraging the strength that they have in portable to do something different with their main system because the Wii U hasn't been selling. So they're like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe our uh, next system Paul, should be more you like sh- this. You should get it over onto Steam because right now Borderlands 2 is free. I bought it. I'm sorry. I think I could tell Paul something about Steam. <laughs> he didn't know already. My bad, it guys. Was, uh, well, Steam does these free weekends where they, you, it's like they do a big sale for the game and they also let you play it for free from Friday to Sunday. Uh, Borderlands, yeah, it was $19.99 for the Game of the Year edition, which nice. I own Borderlands, but not the Game of the Year edition. And I looked on it's... Xbox to buy all the stuff. Mm-hmm. It would have cost me 27 30 bucks. Yeah, that's worth to it. To download all the stuff on the Xbox versus 20 bucks to just buy it all. That DLC alone is worth that price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no problems with what I paid for. So, yeah, I I bought it yesterday and downloaded it today. That's one you actually do need to play, though, Paul. Yeah, I will. Put it it on the top of your stack. It's it's the next one after I go through Arkham City. And because I want to get all the stuff for Arkham City. Because I just played through Harley's Revenge, which I never played. I still need to do that one. Dude, you get to play as Robin. Really? Like, that's how you kind of start. It's spoilers. Spoilers for the DLC that's been out for like three years. three years now, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, basically you, uh, Robin comes back into Arkham City because Batman's been missing for two days. Like after the fallout, like people kind of like were trying to talk to Batman, but spoilers for Arkham City <laughs> game that's been out for like five years now. Uh, with Talia being dead, uh, he's been rather grumpy and trying to, so he's like been just trying to finish up the work in Arkham City, and then all of a sudden he goes completely radio silent for the past two days, so Barbara sends Robin in to investigate, and Harley's now set up shop and is taking cops hostage in the old steel mill, so Fun. he has to go in and try to find Batman and save some cops. So you start as Robin, and then, like, spoilers, this is, you know, if you want to play. I, uh, I do want to play. You, you start as Robin, and you go through, and you find Batman's belt, and then you do a flashback to two days earlier when Batman gets you know, kidnapped or kid, whatever, yeah, gets caught, captured. So does he, get, get to... does he get captured into just a big net? No. No. Oh. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Not a big net. Not. It's a really. It's fun. It's a two-hour kind of thing. But uh, I only popped fifteen of the thirty balloons, so I didn't. Oh, I gotta go back. So I gotta go back, and I didn't do all the. Like, get all the achievements for using all of Robin's little technique things, you know, his yeah. gadgets. Those are, those are hard ones to get, because when I'm in the middle of a battle, like, fight, I don't think about, like, yeah. oh, now I need to do this takedown. Like, I don't look at the achievements the first time I play through something, because I'm yeah. just like, oh, if I, if it pops if, up, it if pops it, up. If it happens, but that it happens. second time, I'm like, well, the balloons were obvious. I'm like, well, I probably have to pop <laughs> yeah. all these. I don't know how many there are. And I popped 15 of them, because all the ones that I came across. And I'm like... Now you gotta I, go find those hidden ones. I won. You know, I beat this part, and then I looked at the achievements, and I'm like, oh, there's 30 of them? 30? You're only halfway! I know! 
that's kind of crazy. And I'm also trying to get all the uh, combat stuff, medals. Uh, it, that, that does remind me just of some other news is that um, people are upset because uh, DLC for Origins is coming out and they're not going to be fixing, I guess there's a bunch of bugs in the game. Mm-hmm. And they're putting the DC through the DLC through without fixing those bugs. Without giving an actual update, title update yeah. to it. Are the bugs on like system? I'm not. I I just briefly okay. looked at it because I I played a little bit of the game. I couldn't get into it, but I just saw that as I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I had any bugs, and you're gonna get bugs when you have a huge open world. Oh yeah, like, it happens. Like it happened with Skyrim. Like I had a couple instances with bugs, but it was nothing that was game breaking. Like I was able to like work past it, shut it off, restart. Mm-hmm. I was golden. Um, I think I'm the worst DLC though. The worst bug I had in Skyrim was when I I walked over a, a rock and it killed me. The worst bug I had was I was trying to do something for the Dark Brotherhood, and at one point you have to open up a coffin and get inside of it. When I would try to go up to the coffin and open it, like my screen would go black, mm. and that was it. I would have to like it would freeze. I would have to restart. I tried it like four times, nothing. And then I Googled it, and someone was like, "Oh yeah." Instead of actually like hitting the button to like start it, just stand in front and then like go to the wait thing and wait for 24 hours and it'll automatically start. Did that? It works. I was like, okay, well, weird. Yeah. And then at one point I fell through the floor and I just kept falling at my uh, house in Whiterun, but I blamed that on the fact that I had. I lost count of how many tankers in there. <laughs> there was a lot. They were what, like above your knee? They yeah. were like waist high, right? That, that was what I was doing because if I saw a tankered, I would pick it up <laughs> yeah. and then I would go to the house and it, that was a make your own fun thing for that yeah, game yeah. for me. I would. Just... You collect tankards in that game, like I collect wives. <laughs> <laughs> that game. Yeah, basically. And finally, I hit the point where I was like, okay, I can't go into this house anymore. <laughs> Moving out. Moving out. Bye, house, Carl. <laughs> We got anything else, or do we no, start going we, into? We our got next another beer? beer. All right. Well, as I kind of thank you, Chris, for buying all this hey, beer. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, thank you, Chris's mom, for taking Christopher Roy out. No, I or, I took her there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> she had, she had never been there, so I was like, oh. hey, let's check it out. Um, I don't know how much the growler of this one was, but if you want to get a growler of the derailleur, it is like twenty bucks. Okay, which that's, that's not ex- bad. Totally acceptable because I think it was like. Six or eight bucks for just a pint glass of it. Wow. And, uh, geez, I bought the, uh, that Goose Island four bottles and that was 20 something. So $24, to spend on that? Because, like, we, we each got a flight, then we ordered food, and then, like, I had a tab open. And then when I went up, I was like, oh, you know, I want to get a growler of this, growler of this. And their flight is all their beers because they, four, like you said, beers. you had, they only have six on tap right now of their own? Yep, four beers. Um, okay. You have to pick which four, and then they have like a guest tap, which they're going to rotate. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hope they continue it being those other local yeah. breweries. Oh, also really cool. Like when you're in there, they have like TVs on the wall that are playing like, hey, you can get our beers at like this place, like Armor Tap Room, like Pizza Plant, like all the local. Did you guys end up going to a Ebony's or a house, or did you guys go up to Pizza Plant? No, they had like an hour uh, wait. We, we, we did. We, we haven't met Ebony's or Alice. We went there, and then it was going to be a crazy wait. And then we drove around for an hour. <laughs> when I when I told the bartender I wanted the two crawlers, she was like, oh, just so you know, it's like 24 Jarell. I was like, 
Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, got, I will pay that. He's easily. You can easily spend that on a good bottle. Like my yeah. the old Crustacean, I spent yeah. more than twenty bucks on uh, last year, and I spent sixty one bucks when I went to consumers yesterday to pick up the two Ithaca S sixteen anniversaries. I picked up uh, Victory at Sea from Ballast. Okay, I drank that with Ed. Uh, he brought over Pliny the Elder. Uh he said he was he, he was yeah. going to get some Pliny in. So he he split that with me. And uh, we also had the Stone yesterday, uh, Drink It Now series. Oh, okay. The What was it, like uh, 221 or something? Uh, 214, Four, yeah. 214? Yeah, for, for Valentine's Day. So he split that with me. And that was pretty good. I, I kind of like the Drink It Now. The Drink It Nows are actually pretty good. Like, it wasn't blow your taste buds. It was really nice, mellow. Kind of like this beer, where it's nice... It's a black IPA. Yep, this uh, we didn't even talk about the beer. Um, yeah, no, I, this I, is I, also from Hamburg Brewing Company. Thanks for kind of getting it back on track. Um, this is their black IPA. It's called No Lux, which Latin for no light. Um, it's good. It's got a nice little sweetness right on the mid palate. Yeah, that's what I'm. And then it's got the. It does have that nice piney kind of uh, hop to mm-hmm. it. Very good. Yeah, it's a, a lot like Pliny the Elder. It's yeah. a it's a really good black IPA and. Mm-hmm. Like, having this one earlier, because we just did the flights of it, so it was the smaller glasses. I was like, yeah, it's a black IPA. And now that I actually have, like, a glass of it, like, I, I was taking some bigger sips of it, and then, like, I had John pass me the growler back, because I was like, I, w- I want more of this now. <laughs> like, I have the ability to drink more. Pliny has a more of a sweetness throughout it, like, on, on the undertone, when you first get that uh, piney kind of hoppiness. And it finishes off real nice and smooth, real nice and sweet. This just has a nice piney hop throughout. And with piney, just a hint of sweet. Piney hops are tough because when I think that piney hop, I always think of Sierra Nevada. Yep. And they just go so harsh on it. Mm-hmm. Like after a little bit, I'm I'm done. Or stone. Stone too. too. But like this is it's it's pleasant. If you, yeah. Don't like how Stone overdoes everything. Their Drink It Now series. Yeah. Where it's, the, like, really good. Those are really good. It's like, are they session ales, or are they... Basically. Okay. Oh. I, I, they're like they're like an IPA, um, and I think they... Each one is still the same recipe, but they do it so it's meant to be mm-hmm. had fresh. fresh. Okay. Um, something that probably could have come up during Week Geek. Weekend Geek. Uh, I didn't realize this until... the late the other day but oh yeah um the other day was green lantern day 2014 2014 i kept telling everyone at work and they and nobody cared and then it's like we're not gonna get this day for another hundred years folks i and i did actually celebrate it by going back and reading all the green lantern books that i've kind of been sitting on and didn't purchase and luckily, they were mostly a dollar ninety nine in Comicsology. There you go. First so in I, celebration. I, I kind of okay. celebrated in style. Two eight fourteen. That makes yeah. sense, man. Oh, I'm kind of upset because I usually really like those, like like when, Pi Day. Yeah. When when it was two two fourteen, I'm like, hey, happy first all even day of, of uh for the past two years. I said yeah. that to somebody at work, and I'm like, they're like, what? I'm like, well, it's the first time it happened since 2012, since. Uh, twelve thirty twelve. This would be the last time yeah. that we've had all even. Um, no, I I kept when any time I had to put the date on anything at work, I'd put two eight 
14 and then put little dots in between them so you could barely see them. Mm-hmm. And then I'd draw the Green Lantern symbol on everything. Oh, I'm jealous. Which I, I imagine people are like, what the, why is he putting 101 on here? Like, well, I don't get it. It was my, it was my day off. I didn't realize it because I didn't have to like, date anything <laughs> at all but yeah like when i got home from work i ended up having to stay late and i was planning like oh we'll go home put a green lantern t-shirt on maybe i'll do something and i was like i got home i ate and i was like i'm going to bed <sighs> this day sucked oh but yeah i i like the the no lux yeah it's good yeah it's, it's good very it's good. a I, really good black IPA. i i would put it probably up up there with mm-hmm. black ipas that we've yeah. had I would put it over the toxic sludge or whatever it is yeah. from, from Blue Point. Would, from Blue Point. I like the toxic sludge. You love that beer. I would have to have that again with this and say, but I I really enjoy this one. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Um, I it was between this or their oatmeal milk stout Ooh. that I wanted to bring, and I figured, eh, we like black IPAs and we mm-hmm. haven't had one in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Next good. time I go by there, mm-hmm. which I will say this on the show because otherwise I will forget. When we were at the brewery, my mom was like, oh, next time Lexi's in town, like, we should all come here. Lexi's my girlfriend. Who's we? And th- th- I was like, yeah, we can. And she's like, yeah, me, like Paul and Sean should come too. <laughs> so, uh, so you guys have been invited by my mom. Yay! I threw my hands up in celebration because I'm like, week. wait a second. Who are the we in this? Nope, um, <laughs> and like, she'll be here next week. Like Friday and Saturday, Sunday. So probably oh, on Saturday oh. if you guys are free. My oh, mom, that's my mom Valentine's wants Valentine's Day, huh? No, next week. Next week? Yeah, that's Valentine's weekend. The then. next, not, this, not this, not this, not, not this, this week, season, yeah. not this weekend. The following week. Oh, next time machine. It's the twenty second. Next, next week, not this week. Yeah, John got it. Yeah, I'm sorry. This was simple, Paul. It wasn't <laughs> like oh, I got a degree in economics. What's this next week business versus this week? Maybe I should put my hat right way around. Let me get my abacus out of my pocket. <laughs> I'm putting it in my calendar. Yeah, so um, Saturday, maybe afternoon or evening. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'm, look and I'm, see what I'm working. I got nothing. You know, I don't think I have any plans. Yeah, it'll probably be evening-ish. So All right. if you get out of work. Yeah, uh, if I get out. But uh, um, that's it for news and beer, beer. reviews. What about something else we do every time? Would that be our, uh... That would be our <laughs> list. Yeah, wow. yeah, I, I think what is I, this going to be? What? I know what it is, but now I don't know. The list. I could not come up with the list for the life of me. What have, what have you... Have you roofied me with these no. beers? What's going on? That's for this week, Paul. This week. February 12th. <laughs> February 12th. Yes. Uh... <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to uh, one of my favorite books, and this is the Six Gun Number Thirty Eight. Uh, is this wrapping up soon? What? What's... It's an ongoing series. It's just ongoing. It wow. story arcs wrap up, but it just keeps going. And right now, uh, Asher Cobb, who was one of the good guys, Ooh, was has been flipped to the evil side by. Uh, the snake witch woman. And a little thing about Asher Cobb is he was like almost like a Frankensteinian kind of guy who then was who died. They mummified him. Now he's back to life. So oh, he's like mummy? he's like a Frankenstein mummy who can see into the future who runs around in uh, bandages in like a cape <coughs> and a fedora. Uh, it's pretty good. Wait a second. 
Six Gun. Is this the one where it's written by a eight year old but drawn by a twenty? That's cop. I'm just it making a joke, but it sounds like there. it could be. This easy. sounds like Grant Morrison or Jared Way type stuff, where it's like, no man, he's a mummy now, but he can see into the future. See in the future, because that's what happens when you ride the River Styx. Speaking of which, uh, the River Styx is also in this of issue. Of course, it is. no, it's not. Oh. Uh, no, but it's it's really great. Um, it should hope this arc is going to be wrapping up soon. Um, but the tomb of uh, Brimstone is being taken over by these snake men. Our heroes are trying to fight their way out. Uh, at the same time, these uh, holy crusaders who also are after the six gun are trying to get in there, trying to stop this. Uh, Everybody is fighting for these six guns, and these people are trying to fight for their lives. Are the Snake Men more like Cobra from G.I. Joe, or more like the animated Conan the Barbarian? Oh, nice. Uh, I think... Snake Men. Big, big... I'm going to say... I'm going to say, from G.I. Joe, when uh, the movie, when Cobra got... Cobra Commander got sprayed by the thing and started turning into a snake, where he was like man, but he was snake... So that's um, a Conan. <laughs> fun, fun story that just that completely sparked this memory that had been long buried. Because of the Conan cartoon, you which, always wanted to have pomegranates, but yes, couldn't find f- them. No, wasn't that we've had this discussion before about pomegranates? Was it Paris of Dark Water? Or it was Co- no, Conan? it was Conan. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, it's Felix the Phoenix. Yes. From Conan, yeah. really. Because I, I, the other, the monkey, the flying monkey, monkey creature, bird. yeah, he really loved to eat, and that's why I thought okay. it was yeah. always pomegranates. Um, but they had the star metal that when he got close to like the reptile, like snake men, mm-hmm. it would show who they were. And there was the one dude on that show that had the bolas that were made from it, mm-hmm. which I just thought was the coolest thing because it's like I had never seen bolas before that time. It's like. Dude, they're just like rocks that are tied together, but you can throw them at people. Awesome. At my grandmother's house, I took the reflectors <laughs> off the, like the like little posts at the end of the driveway, uh-huh. and I tied them together with string, and I was throwing them around in the backyard, and then I threw it, and then it got stuck up in the like oak tree that was in her backyard, and I was like, I can't get that down. <laughs> Because the star metal would glow like when it got close uh, to yeah. it. And I was like, it looks just like the reflectors at the end of the driveway. <laughs> I'm going to 23s could do this. And he totally And I did. Do you use like your shoelace? Like how, what do you do? No, it was just like your typical string that like you have in a linen closet. Hmm. You know, string, string. Yeah. Not sewing machine string. No, not sewing, like not thread, but it was twine. Yeah, it was like twine. Okay. It just comes out like the roll. And yeah. It's like looped the, around. The just, taller roll. Yeah. Not quite as tall as a toilet paper roll, but yeah. we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a great playtime that I had in the backyard there until Listeners, I ruined it. Listeners, write, write in your or draw us your pictures of Chris doing this. <laughs> all right. Or email us a story about a time when you were a kid and you were influenced by a cartoon, movie, or comic book to I just always, be a, a dumb kid. I always try to uh, buy, like, my mom constantly, she, like, made all the pillowcases, all the, uh, you know, like, she sewed up all the, like, drapes and everything for our house. So she always had extra fabric around, so I would always go into the extra fabric and try to cut out, like, the gambit. Like, oh, yes, that's cool. <laughs> like, I always try to, like, make that. Those you never just... get it to fit right. Those just like cheap gloves that you get, uh-huh. like 
I would cut the fingers off of them so I would have the gambit gloves. Gambit gloves. Uh, when I was younger, I really liked the movie Dragnet with uh, Dan, uh, the, Dan Aykroyd. Wow, in, you were allowed in, to watch that. Yeah, I was allowed to watch basically everything. They sac- it's all about sacrificing a virgin in there and everything. Yeah. That was normal That was normal fare for the Weatherwax house. That was not Dragnet. So if I see virgins, he means. That's why they, he was allowed to watch <laughs> the movie. Uh, it's amazing that he was able to ever leave that house without being sacrificed himself. Uh, but anyways, so there's, a, I used to have this little notebook, like leather flip kind uh-huh. of notebook thing. And I put like a little tin sheriff badge that I had okay. in there. So whenever we were going to leave somewhere, I would flip it open like Dan Aykroyd and be like, I'll drive. I outrank you. <laughs> and then I would just get into the car. <laughs> Let me just do that. That's pretty fun. Let us know your story if you have one. Yeah. We might read it on air if you email us. You probably should. Or put it on Facebook or, you know, Twitter. It all works. Uh, My dad still referenced that and, like, busts my chops about it. It's funny. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Adorable. Uh, I used to carry it around all the time just to be like, I'll drive. I outrank you. And it's like, (laughs) it's like just a shitty little yellow tin star. His voice was actually that low. You got it. You actually got it from uh, uh rank you. from uh, Martin's Fantasy Island, didn't you? That little yellow sheriff's badge. It probably was. <laughs> probably it was. It wasn't even a pin. It like had a weird metal clip that would just yeah. It just folded over. It just folded it over. over. Yeah. It just disintegrated. Yeah. Like, after three folds. Well, it just folded once into that little notebook. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to fold it again. It break. Uh. I don't know if this is a trying to uh, redo a series that I loved back in the day, written by Dan Slott. Uh, She-Hulk, number one, is coming back. Uh, this time written by Charles Soleil, art by uh, Polito. Javier Polito. Javier yes. Polito uh, from Hawkeye fame. So it's he, he's been, I guess, a Hawkeye fill-in artist. And, you know, so I'm excited to see what happens there. Charles Soleil w- did a I thought a pretty good job on Wonder Woman, Superman Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, I kind of enjoyed what he was doing with Swamp Thing after the great run that Scott Snyder had, but it was just like too close to what Animal Man was also doing. And I'm like, I'll I just need one book. Yeah, I just need one of those because they were both battling like, oh, Animal Man's going to battle Brother Blood to be, you know, for the red. And. Swamp Thing's battling the Cedar guy, who was also an older villain that I that you weren't yeah. sure of. Uh, yeah, this this is definitely something Orgy. I was interested in checking out. I kind of hope it's it is kind of like that older yeah. She Hulk thing, but mm-hmm. it, even if it's like a ripoff of the Hawkeye, like Hawk, or She Hulk between her times as an Avenger, kind of a thing, or. FF, it's coming out of, oh, yeah. you know, from her oh, FF yeah. days. Of that. That's what it's, uh, it's kind of stepping out from. But, yeah, but Dan Slott's thing was, like, more focused on her being, like, the, the, the lawyer. The lawyer and everything. And if this book fits the, in that similar vein as Hawkeye or Daredevil, like, I'm in. Like, well, you know. I read a few of those when you were buying it. Mm-hmm. And that was a really fun book. I really like Thing, too, also yeah. by Dan Slott. Uh, that was way too short-lived a series. But the art was horrible. Yeah, the it. art was yeah, bad. But it was rough. Oh, I didn't know any better back then. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was still a fun read. Like, you can have that. Sometimes the yeah. writing Him makes hanging, up for art. Yeah. 
hanging out on Yancey Street, battling Peace Pot Pete. <laughs> you know, why not? Um, uh, I'm actually looking forward to a fun book for Marvel as well. It's Wolverine and the X-Men number 41 by Jason Aaron. Um, there's a few different artists on this book because they are wrapping up this iteration of it. This is the penultimate issue. Um, so the second to last issue. This is the second to last issue. I was going to say next month we'll get the last one, but it's probably going to be a week after that yeah. with how Marvel double ships everything. Well, March 2014, as uh, I see on CBR, brings us Wolverine and the X-Men number yeah, one. Yeah, they're relaunching it. But yeah. Jason Aaron's not on it. I'm okay because I'm still getting... Another Jason's on it. Jason Latour. Okay, that's not what I thought. And Mahmoud Asar. Who's actually a really good artist. Why do we let you say names? I'm just as bad, Paul. Like, everyone knows it's Chris. Chris is the one who's supposed to pronounce everyone's names for us. But we're getting the the first graduating class of the Jean Grain School. And it's, it's been a fun ride. Oh, Pomp and circumstance is going to play and everything. Uh, uh, even like, I've been off for the past two days and I devoted a lot of that time to just catching up on the books that I've been like sitting on and wanting to read. And I, like I told John earlier, I read like eight issues of X-Men books <laughs> over the past two days. And it was seriously just Wolverine and the X-Men and the Brian Wood X-Men. And, Wolverine and X-Men has just been a lot of fun. S.H.I.E.L.D. made a power play against the Jean Grey school by trying to send spies in. Nice. Like, there's Sentinels there, and then it just results in Wolverine and Cyclops sitting around having a beer, just, like, beaten and bloody. Like, <laughs> oh, trying, because Wolverine trying to get over there. powers. Yeah. yeah. Like, just talking about, like, you ever think we would end up here? Like, kind of one of those talks, you know. And, like, just sharing a beer before they go their separate ways again. Kind of like in uh, the Grant Morrison run of X-Men, mm-hmm. when uh, Scott was getting over Gene and Wolverine takes him off for a beer. That's kind of nice. It, it's kind of nice. Like they're, they're both like, they just fought a bunch of Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's like gotten shot through the shoulder. He's bleeding in like rough shape. And then they just find a room of beer in the, the shield facilities. So they're like, yeah, let's collapse here yes. and drink. There's nothing like when you're bleeding, something to thin uh, out your beer to yep. make you bleed out even more. Because you, know? you want to thin out your beer. Your blood. I, I, uh, did I say? You said beer. beer. It's okay. okay. I, I'm sorry. Derailed! Derailed! Are you sorry about our next dramatic reading? No, I'm never apologetic about that. I'm apologetic <clears> about how I pronounce names, but never yes. words. <laughs> do we want to do the next beer like in the middle of the... Yeah, let's do it uh, in the middle of the reviews. Why don't, why don't we do it at the I beginning? And another we can just keep going. This isn't going to be as good. It was three yeah. or three. Why don't we? Why don't we drink that and then we can crack into the other guys? Yeah, I can finish this and I'll open this up. Yeah, and we'll be right back with our dramatic reading. I thought we were pause. You made a clicking noise. I didn't. I clicked over to the screen to get us here. I didn't. I was. I was like leaning back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. I I thought that click was like okay. We're paused because because you know that. Well, I'm never apologetic about this. Click, yeah. click. Because <laughs> I was and then trying to get over to the side conversation. Like, so are we going to do this? And then we can do this? I know we always say, always record, always record. <laughs> this was not one of those moments. Well, are this we is now, bathroom? so too bad. 
Go on. I'm hitting pause right now. And now, the Bagden Broadcast presents a dramatic reading from Green Lantern, number four, page 11, panel two. About 50,000 years further down the evolutionary chain than us. What? You're saying it's from the future? I don't think so. And that was a dramatic reading from Green Lantern. Number four, page 11, panel two. Which characters were that? I don't know. That I was, was actually <laughs> just going to go look at it. It was from the Jeff Johns relaunch right. after Rebirth. And the uh, army guys hit the alien outside, like when they're driving. Okay. And it's tied to those aliens that had abducted Hector Hammond. Like for the gremlins, yeah, like the gremlin-y ones. Okay, like because they were like experimenting on the humans, which caused them to, mm-hmm. uh, like age rapidly. And like when the alien guy is dying in the streets, he's like, "I just went out for a smoke," because he's not actually an alien; he's so a human that's just been rapidly aged. Hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic books like have no context when you're just like, "Oh, I'm gonna read this panel." Just grab this panel. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know who I was. I had. A, I took a second yeah. to see who I might be. It reading. was just like a scientist guy, <clears throat> and then I just like just do t- two dumb voices. That's usually how we do them, even when we know who we're reading. Yeah. And then that first thing. What? Mm-hmm. You mean the future? You mean this beer we're drinking? We have another beer. That's right. Sometimes we got a bunch <laughs> or three. Um, what we have here is Worthington. <laughs> more, more than three. I know. Worthington's Red Shield. It is a blonde ale. Okay. I bought this because as John and I were shopping for beer the one night, I was like... We weren't really shopping. We just walked through the beer section. And well, then, we're always shopping for beer, yeah. though. That's the thing. If we see something, we buy. I did, I did, we do have that Bigfoot in the cellar you, now. You guys yeah. do have, like, the wandering guy when it comes to beer. Like, like yeah. I'll just go to the store to be like, oh, I need this. You need eggs. But I, 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 have, to, eggs. I have to go through the beer yeah. section. And then I'm like, oh, this is new. I wasn't in the market for beer, but why not? This was something, this was the first time I saw it on the shelves. It was either like $2.99 or $3.99 for the bottle. I'm a sucker for the cheap big bottles. That's what got me into full full sale. And full sale is great. Worthington's, this is missing a little something because there's not a lot here. It's also following, it's also following two bigger beers. And it's a blonde, so it's not going to be as big. I imagine... It's a nice the, springtime beer, though, you know, a light on the palate, you know, just a subtle sweetness. Not completely... You can't really drink this too fast because the bubbles are so small and tight on they, the palate, on your tongue. It's, here's the thing. It's like, they refer to this as a refreshing beer uh-huh. that, in typical Burton fashion, has a distinct and unrivaled bittersweet balance. Ooh, I don't get any bitter. I, I don't get a lot of any. It does say closer to cask for a fuller flavor, which I don't know what that would mean. I, I think they mean this is like something that they <clears> just <throat> made. They got it out there. I was looking for a date on it. Oh, this is... March 15th, 2014. Like, I guess that's the drink-by date. Okay. Yeah, it's so this be. is... Because mm-hmm. that's the future? We just... we just. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Future all around. We're, we're living in Green Lantern wait. number four from, like, six years ago, guys. Wait, wait. But, 
Wait for it. I gotta find the page. He can take a big swig, and that's about I it. I don't think so. Oh, it's it's not it's a bad beer, future? but it's just one of those beers that there's not a lot to this. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think if I had read Labatt <clears> on this <throat> label, I would be like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, but just does that it kind say of where beer. it's from. Probably. I, I bought it because it was like, hey, three bucks for a big bottle. This is something we can drink on the show. It's from Chicago. If it's good, if it's bad, well, hey, it was only three bucks. It wasn't, yeah, oh. I wouldn't call it bad. It's. <clears throat> no, it's just, there's not. It's a, a nice, lot refreshing, to it. like, you know. It, it has an unrivaled, bittersweet. It's from the UK, stuff. and it's brought to us through it's Chicago. It's not bad, but it's not. I. You know, the way it's carbonated, it's so, it, it reminds me of like those champagne ones, the champagne of beers. It's champagne bubbles to me, yeah. you know. <clears throat> and it's, you know, trying to think of the beers that I had like that. It does have a like, little champagneiness, you know. Uh, the du- uh, kind of like that Duvel. Yeah. That we had, uh, that we cellared for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this says, it's, it, it says serve at cellar temperature. Which it's, which it's been it, at cellar temperature at. because it's really cold mm-hmm. in Buffalo and, <laughs> It's like 50 degrees everywhere. Um, uh, this is rocking a 3.2 average on Untapped. Yeah, I, I was going to put it at like a 2.5 because it's not bad. Okay. It's not something I would search out. If I saw it somewhere, I wouldn't drink it again. I would put but, my Labatt at 2 and this at a yeah, 3. That's, you know, it's, that's how I do it. Like Labatt for me is a 2. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit better than that. I'd say it's definitely a 2.5. 2.5 is usually something I never have to drink again. A three is something that's good enough that if I saw it somewhere, I would go, oh, okay, I've had that. This I can drink in, that. This gets to purgatory for me. This gets <clears> to uh, <throat> my purgatory. I, think I, yeah. I would, I would want to see it out and see it like on tap. This is something that I – sorry. I, I did not mean to talk over you, Paul. No, no. It's, I, I could see this pairing well with a nice – something really spicy. This is something that I will ultimately just forget about. Okay. It, this does not register. This or is one of those beers. If you want, like, I, I've kind of become that person at work that I go with people to pick out beer and they say what they like and then I do that. And if somebody said, oh, what about this? And be like, no, no. Let's, let's get you something better. I don't like Gewurztraminers unless I'm having, I know I'm <clears> going to be drinking that wine with something that I know is going to be really spicy or Chinese food. Like, that's the only time I'll have that kind of wine. This is the type of beer that I would have if I was going to be eating something really I, spicy. And or I can imagine there's this, this, this a winemaker is like crying because he's like, they're well, drinking my wine well, with Chinese food. That's <laughs> I don't even know. Just takes a big bite of baguette. Is what you were like doing there? He's sharpening. He's sharpening his baguette because he's going to pal himself. <laughs> he's going to pal himself on it. Gewurztraminer is German. <laughs> I know. I was just doing a winemaker. Nine! Nine! He is drinking the beer with Chinese food. Blah. The food is unpure. Better Paul. Yes, yes. <laughs> better for you. Better stereotypes against and somewhat racist. Well, let's talk about some like comic miracle books man that are one. better than this beer. I was going to try to go positive. Oh, okay. Well, let's yeah. go Let's go right into Miracle Man. Uh this is something that when this book came out, Chris put up on uh, on like a message board for all of us that like we should definitely read this because it's definitely something that people are talking about. This yeah. was big news that Marvel had the rights 
finally to settled go the ahead. Price, yeah. it, they'd finally sell it because they had acquired the rights years ago and really weren't able to do anything with it until right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so Chris had said, like, oh, let's 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 get it. And let's definitely review it. So I said, I'll I'll buy it because I've actually bought the vintage copies of one, two, and three from our comic book dealer back when I was in a big Alan Moore fan. And, um, I really wish I had realized that this was the reprinting of those issues. Cause I would have saved my five ninety nine and just pulled out my vintage copy for us to look at. Uh, because this is just it is it, this is this, yeah, is, this is just reprint. this is the reprint of, of the 1980s of series? the 1981 series. Oh, I yeah. that I paid yeah. probably paid 5.99 for that vintage copy, uh-huh. and now I have a digital copy of it. There well, is a market out there for this stuff. Like people were probably foaming at the mouth when this was reprinted. And I bought a th- a copy of. Borderlands 2 for <laughs> Xbox and then bought a digital copy. But at least it came with the, all yeah. the, the, the DLC. Yeah, the, the thing is, is like when, when I bought this, the original vintage copy, it was because this has been so out of print. Yeah. You can't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. He had the first three issues. It's, it's been talked Star about. Man trade three. It's been talked about so much yeah. that I was like, I want to check it out. Mm-hmm. And I bought them and I read them. And at the time, I enjoyed them. I thought it was no looking at it as an '80s take on a '40s book. Well, what is what is Miracle Man? It's Shazam. It is. If you've ever read Captain Marvel, you you you, or you know know what Shazam is. If you understand that. Then you understand what Miracle Man is. It's about a guy that's able to say a magic word and gets power at the atomic powers. You know, or he's able to travel at atomic speed and has atomic invulnerability. And atomic strength? And atomic strength. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, he's able to say the this word that is the, which is the key to the universe. It's key to the tr- ultimate truth of the universe who knows it's it's almost grant morrison in, in <laughs> but but it's alan moore it's yeah. pre-grant morrison it's yeah. alan moore so now it updates it alan moore updates it, it updates Amber. that pulpy second rate mm-hmm. kind of character to put him kind of in that modern Aesthetic, world yeah um, and when I actually refused to read it digitally because I was kind of annoyed that I, yeah, <laughs> that I bought it sorry, again, John. that's no, it's okay. It's, we've all, yeah. we've bought clunkers no matter, you know, for yeah, this, no I matter what. The first issue of Zero Year thinking that it, it was a reprint, but it was actually the director's cut of Zero Year. So it was just a script and some sketch, sketch. It, and that's where... For Batman Year Zero? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, how much was this? And then you look and it's six ninety nine and you're like, fudge. 
Yeah, it just hurts. Because yeah. you're like, oh, if I knew it was six ninety nine, and if I, I like actually paged through it, oh. I could have bought a number of any other books yeah. than 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 buying this. And it's not it's not a big deal, you know. I did it for the show. It's mm. it is what it is. I didn't even do that for the show. I just that <laughs> <laughs> was just me being. But you know, I'm like on the show. Oh, here it is. Okay, I guess I missed it. But I've I've read it. I read it a while ago. I did not feel it had a I had a need to reread this yeah. uh the only time i probably will buy a miracle man book will probably be when it's the um we get the relaunch the well no the neil gaiman the neil gaiman run was supposed to be even better than what alan moore did mm-hmm. and uh, i was here's i would probably pick that up and try that out because it's it's someone who I respect as a writer doing something that is like known as he did a really great thing with it. For my first foray into this book, I, I forget how many pages in I was. I was just like, I, I can't read this. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think someone like Neil Gaiman coming on to it will make me be like, okay, I want to read this now. I just... I can't read old comic books. But Chris, it's about a character that's having a dream about being the person that he actually is. I That is right up Neil Gaiman's alley I know, from what I understand about Neil Gaiman. There's I have a like like Sandman, I can read that. I can love it. Anything else early eighties, it, it gets kinda rough. Like even stuff like Watchmen or V for Vendetta. I can read it I like and appreciate it for what it is, but it's hard for me to read it. And it's nothing against the creators mm-hmm. or that book or what it did for the medium. It's just not for me. It doesn't speak to me. I, I think, like, Watchmen, the first time you read it, even like when we were getting back into comics, it was something that you had never seen before. Well, when you're first getting into comics, it's with Watchmen... I, I see the thing where it's like all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's where they're getting this from and mm-hmm. where they're taking this from. And then you realize it all happened in Watchmen kind of first. Yeah. But also, like, I I had grown up with comic books, but I wasn't, mm-hmm. like, you, you into... Read, you read, quote-unquote, comic books. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'd get something here or there kind of a thing. And... Mm-hmm. Getting back into comic books and starting to read stuff, and then you read this and you're like, oh, wow, this is more than just Superman or mm-hmm. Spider-Man. This is something different. And then you find out that there's all types of books like this that aren't just that, oh, I'm going to save the day because I'm the bright, shining hero. Smile, twinkle. you know. And it was more grittier, more realistic. Yeah. And I think... The reason that Miracle Man has that more buzz is you got to remember this is 30 years ago when you hadn't really had that more gritty style. And it was something – this is something that we've seen countless times. Yeah. The guy wakes up, doesn't remember who he is, and he turns out he's a hero. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you've seen it in movies. So it's nothing new. Well, even the old premise is something we've seen before, which was – Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So, going back and reading this, it's something that we've seen a hundred times 
in that 30 years that this had come out. It is now just the trope itself. It's, exactly. It's, yeah. And it doesn't elevate that yeah. at all. It's and just... if you look at, like, this my, this is somewhere is that kind of original, uh, yeah, you know, it does stand above. The thing that, like, I, because reading one through three when I read those, mm-hmm. what I thought was interesting was the villain was his old sidekick who had grown up knowing how to use his powers and was defeating his his hero mm-hmm. and it turned evil like that was what was oh like syndrome and the incredible <laughs> sorry that's he, you know, like without with not having read mm-hmm. that yeah. just you hearing you say that I was like you mean you mean buddy yeah you mean incredible boy Sorry, sorry. No, no, but hey, we're right there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they—that's the trope there. That's the trope, Mm -hmm. and this is the setup of those kind of things. But we've already seen it, and we've seen it possibly done and look better. I I have a beautiful beer sitting all of a foot away from me, with. About an inch worth of well, this you beer. Can, that's a mouthful. Paul, oh, you chugged more of the black IPA to get to this beer. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I'm no, not. No I'm gargle not, with it. I'm not swearing off Miracle Man or Marvel mm-hmm. Man when they relaunch it with a new number one featuring a superstar writer and artist team. Oh, well, I imagine Bendis champing at the bit to write this. Like, I'll be there. I'll read that number one. I want it to be something more. I want it to be that book that I'm like, wow, okay, this is paying homage to what people have built this character up to being. But from reading these reprints, I I can't understand that nostalgia because I don't have it. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. And if I think and my my just my point was looking at it as one of the more the originator of some of these things in comic books. It, that's it, where you have to take it. That's you have where to you, take it as an academic approach yeah, to yeah. it to really enjoy it. But at this point, at this point, yeah, it falls it falls short. It doesn't but matter to us. It I, I I have you know my aunt very nicely for the last couple of years has bought me all of in trade the Stan Lee Spider-Mans. I had 1 through 6 of these volumes of trades. Mm-hmm. And I finally, this year when she gave me another one, I was just like, Katie, you gotta do something. You gotta say something. I can't get any more of these. She's just wasting money. And she's like, I've been ordering those for you. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, Liz tells me to get you something and I've just been getting those for you. I'm like, why wouldn't you ask me or Chris or somebody for like what to buy? I go, they're, it's interesting to have those original where these guys yeah. started, but to sit and try to read those, it's really hard, and I gave them all away. It's it, it's like reading Shakespeare without the annotation. Yeah, and it, it, unless you're in a classroom setting and like really understanding, if you're we're reading it in a vacuum, like without knowing exactly what else was happening in the rest of the world and what comics were at the time. Yeah, it's really hard to appreciate. It's that. hard to appreciate, and also you know you know. I've gotten these origins for these villains mm-hmm. in cartoons that were done better. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I've been given, like, oh, John loves Green Lantern. Here's the original 
you know, Alan Scott Green Lantern book. I try to read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this story was gay. This, this is, this is really bad. Yeah. And it's, it's just because the medium has come so far. Yeah. And it's not, even reading Crisis on Infinite Earths, like the that, start of it, it's is tough. It is it gets very a lot tough. better by the end of it. It's pulling, it's pulling teeth, especially in the yeah. beginning. The first three issues, it's all just way too many thought balloons, way too many things. You know, just like what is happening? It's just so slow. And but by the end, it actually like okay, the, this but, is where the modern era kind of starts. By the end, it picks up in unlike it's it's hard to. Go back and read those kind of older things. Go ahead. Were you going to say something else about? Well, I was just like it's it's certain things that are just done so well from years ago, and one of them was like, um, what is it? The uh, the hunters? I can't. I cannot remember. It's a Spider-Man one where Craven goes crazy and buries. Peter Parker alive and is dressed up as Black Spider-Man and is is running around trying to be Spider-Man. Like I went back, I have those issues. I went back, I reread them. It was still a really good comic book, you know, little mm-hmm. little uh, run. And then I tried to read something after that, which was like right after, it, and I was like, oh, geez, you know, it depends on really certain things, certain writers that really get things right, and something that is interesting that you haven't really seen you haven't seen the villain go crazy kill the superhero and start masquerading as a superhero you don't see that that often no you don't see it until we get uh superior spider-man but yeah like yeah it doesn't there you know tropes come from somewhere yeah and you know but the thing is we're we're ingrained with them now being tropes that it's no longer new and if, you know, we learned, like, oh, no, this is the first time it happened, you can get that appreciation for it. But unfortunately, we're past that now. We're, we're past it. And we it's... want entertainment. That's why we're spending the five ninety nine on the book. <laughs> and, if... and, and, and really, they're, they're making you pay five ninety nine because they're gouging you. They're trying to pay off those lawsuits <laughs> that they have yeah. over the rights to it. Mm-hmm. But kind of this actually works out well talking about that old character or team coming back to a more current age. We have all new Invaders number one from over at Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this is written by James Robinson. Uh, who Paul Knight had a really nice not episode about. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you can no longer download that not episode. Well, it's so not an episode. You know, that's why they're not episodes. They're up for a very little t- briefly, and then they're gone. Um, James Robinson, one of our favorite writers from Starman, he's able to write Golden Age characters in such a way that sometimes they can feel like, no, no, they're Golden Age c- characters who are now thrust into this modern world. And sometimes that really works, like in Starman. And I think in Invaders, because I also read number two, because that just came out this week. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work so well, like in the shade. But uh, here with Invaders, we're introduced to Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch. 
the android synthenoid, I believe is what they call them in uh, Marvel, who's now trying to live out his days peacefully, peacefully in the small town, just working as a mechanic in a mechanic shop. You know, he's a young twenty-something kid coming into the diner, ordering a coffee and a pie. Yep, taking a bite, taking a sip, and then getting back to work because you know he doesn't really need to eat. And all of a sudden, the Kree are after him. Uh, because they're looking for this device that was used during World War II, during the olden Van Eater's days, that could control the Asgards themselves. Something that, and they're trying to unlock memories, and memories that are unlocked of him are him fighting not with Captain America, but this... Revolutionary major major liberty, liberty. Yeah, yeah, major liberty, major liberty, like a a character you've never heard of before. He's never heard of before. Yeah, because he dies in that fight. <laughs> but it definitely is something that it's it, it's a new take on an old character, mm-hmm. and something that we've know the history of, but they're changed the history of, so it piques your interest in it mm-hmm. to know what else is going on. And then you have this guy losing this small town and his identity again. Yeah, all around him because this Cree, the, is, uh, the pursuer, the pursuer, 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 yeah, pursuer. I forget her first name. It's been a month since yeah. I've read this. Uh, is, is after his memory to try to find these lost pieces of this device. Which Namor has hidden on planets. Namor hidden, um, in the second issue, you get a little bit more. Uh, yeah, they they all took a piece of this device and then hid it away and then had their memories wiped on purpose so that way nobody could find it nobody because it's it. way too powerful to be able to control the power of the gods. And I think it's very well done here because I have no affinity for the original Human Torch at all. I've never, I've never read Marvel Comics number one. My only... Interactions with this character has been when I read the um, the Marvels book by Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Okay, not Kripusik. Is that? Oh, what am I thinking of then? What maybe is, it was Kripusik. I'm not. Yeah, I think it's Kripusik is Marvels. I'm sorry. No, that, ahead, that's okay. Talking. If I'm wrong, cool. No. Let me know. Um, but that, that's seriously been it. Like I read that where it's basically the retelling of. Marvel comics from the viewpoint of uh, photojournalists. It is Kirby. Okay. Yep. And but uh, you were right. It is Alex Ross. And also, they've set up in they set up in here that something previously had happened, and they're taking note that yes, that happened a little bit ago, but this is James Robinson's story of this character. Mm-hmm. He's not bad anymore. Yeah. He's this not. is that golden age character. Eh, the stuff they just recently wrote about him. We're sweeping that under the. Yeah. Under the rug. So, much like Miracle Man, I don't have anything with or for this character at all. But I think this is what I want Miracle Man to be when it does have that all new Marvel Now number one. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Because it was interesting seeing him like, okay, no, this is a character that did fight in World War II alongside Captain America. Bucky, Toro, Toro and Submariner. Like, okay, like, this is cool. Like, he's remembering this. And it's all very, like, Bucky being like, gee golly, it sure is great <laughs> hearing you say that Imperius Rex again, Namor. Like, 
it, it, it's, it would get annoying as long, but as, as long as you keep on hitting them nat- Nazis. Yeah, like it, it's fun because yeah. it's paying homage to that, but it's not stuck in that time frame. Like mm-hmm. not everything you're reading is told that way, and you do get that moment where, okay, spoilers, always Captain <laughs> America and like Bucky show up there, and it's like Winter Soldier shows. Yeah, up. Winter yeah. Soldier. And it's like, all right, cool. And it's like, oh, well, that's the end of the issue. Yeah. But that's that's the all right, cool moment yeah. to make you buy issue two. And issue two, hold, you know, uh, spoilers for our February look back, but it's not going to be in a February look back. But I, I, I'm i intrigued by it's, it. It's good. It's there. Um, it's enjoyable. It's I have it. You guys can borrow the issue. Um it, it, it's plan on it actually. Yeah, you yeah now I now I'm, I will get borrowing that. It's done. It's uh, one of these things where when I read it, I'm like, you know what? That was written well enough for me to want to read the second issue. Because with James That's, Robinson, sometimes yeah, you, it's been like you have not been ooh, appreciating the James Robinson. Because even when he t- was writing something that you were reading and liking, you still were down on Robinson. Yeah, because sometimes he has a tendency to overwrite. And even in the beginning, when it's him, like, ordering the pie, there's a lot of, like, captions of what he's thinking, and it's a lot of just exposition going yeah. on, and it's like, but then, as the story someone, starts. As someone that's not familiar with that character, and seriously is only reading this book because mm-hmm. it was said, like, hey, let's talk about this one, I did like having that, because I know who the original Human Torch is, but I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, like, yeah, same same as me. And especially because it, this is him now. Like this is okay. He's in this small town. He's working as a mechanic. He's good with machines. Like it. Okay. Like does this make cool. you want to pick up Fantastic Four number one that comes out this yes. month with Robinson? Yes. All right. Well. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> ask me any writer. And I will probably see. Yes, yeah, there's very few. Mark Millar, I didn't want to pick up. Uh, who else would I want not want to pick up writing Fantastic Four? Bendis. No, no, I would, say I would pick Bendis up Bendis. Is... I would pick up. X Men has been good, and the only reason I'm not reading those X Men books anymore is because. Richard Mender, maybe, but no, because sometimes no. he can do really fun zany. You know what was it? Black science. Black science yeah, was kind of a Fantastic Four take, uh, and also Fear Agent was recommended, right? Oh, I, was that Jason I don't know. That I was, get them. That was. Confused. I don't remember. No, Rick Remender would be someone who I yeah. would. I'm trying to think of writers. Yeah, there's very few writers that I would not pick up Fantastic Four from. So, so we'll probably talk about that then. <laughs> Matt Fraction. <laughs> yeah. You dropped it. You dropped it. You kept the FF. Yeah. I, what, is this going to be a new thing with Marvel that as soon as yes. a writer's done with an arc, yes. then they call it number one? Yes. That's exactly what they're doing. They've done it for the past three months now. Well, it's, even like the X-Men number 10 was a point now where it had a big number one on the cover. But it's number 10. It wasn't even the first issue of the new story arc. But they put that on there to try to... Because Paul Cornell is still writing Wolverine, Mm -hmm. and they put out a number one. Yeah. So are they just doing the trades now? They they might get to that point. 
But it is definitely creative teams. Every time a creative team switches, it's now going to be a new but number one. I, I, I didn't even look to see of the artist, but Paul Cornell, 1 through 13 was him. Mm-hmm. And now with what would be like 14 is number one, which just seems like it's a new story arc. I don't ask you to defend it. I, I I understand it from a sales point because numbers one sell, yeah, they sell. but yeah. sooner or later people will pick up on it and number ones won't sell I, like number ones yeah. because everybody will realize it's like I, the speculation market will go away right like it should it, it should seems like it should have by now or will digital sales make speculation market even more important where. Actually, having that variant uh, cover. I feel like we should have done Joker's Daughter number one now, just based off of that. Well, Joker's no- Daughter number one came out in February. They yeah. came out. Okay, okay I'll buy that one. We can we can talk about it for the February um, look back. Because you know I what? I was I actually kind of interested in reading it. Oh, I got it. I got it. You know what? Don't worry, guys. I got this one. Where Thanks, because I bought Miracle Man. If you want the story, you're going to you can pick it up digitally and just read the story. But if you're a quote unquote collector of the comic book, then you'll want the variant cover. The, everything's got know. varying cover like yeah everything in february like because i was looking at the solicitations mm-hmm. today everything's got variant covers right everything even dc's got variant covers mm-hmm. exactly so you'll want the most extreme variant cover you can possibly get because that's what um, you're in for I, it was either dc or image Ooh, joker's daughter is 4.99 too oof <laughs> Uh, oof, that's really, that's, that hurts. That's uh, I don't, I don't know if there's more pages than that or if it's no, just, hey, gouging. Uh, which I, I do think these, they're, I think they're gouging. They're gouging a little yeah. bit on all of them. Um, it's either DC, I think it's DC, uh, yeah, DC's doing like steampunk covers for all their stuff. Really? Like is the variants for February? Marvel did steampunk. Marvel was doing that whole thing where it was like every month was a different, like, variant cover theme. Yeah. I think Steampunk was there for a while, and then there was the Scotty Young Babies Yeah, variant. they're all oh, they're still doing and that. And then they were doing the uh, the the Deadpool variants, and then they were doing the blank cover variants, you know, whenever no. it comes uh, convention yeah. time. And uh but and then the scroll variant. To me, these like number one of Miss Marvel actually a, a number one. Mm-hmm. The, the Wolverine, I mean, it's Wolverine. It's Fantastic Four. Like, I can understand going from, um, your boy's Fantastic Four, what was his Hickman. name? Hickman. Hickman's run ending and Fraction coming up because they are going to be two yeah. completely different variant stories. Stories yeah. in how they're going to write those characters. And Hickman's run is kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. But this coming off thing. of, coming off of, and already number one launching a couple months ago? Yeah. Well, Wolverine and the X-Men, like we were talking about during the list. It's we have a... Number one is already, you know, solicited. We have Daredevil number one coming out from the same creative team that we've had on the book. But all digital. But it's all digital. Yeah, that, that I can understand is a number one. Because then you know that that is the digital number one. Mm-hmm. But I'll be picking it up, and they'll probably be charging me two ninety nine, just like they have been. As long as you're not paying, if, as long as you're not paying three ninety nine for the digital price, I really don't mind. Mm-hmm. Three ninety nine prices are the ones that stick it up your ass and break it off. It really, I, there's no reason for it. They totally no, laugh it, it's, Uranus. It is I true. Yeah. Like, 
And was, they keep that. They keep that price too. And that I I would say yes if I knew exactly like what the creative team was getting paid. If the creative team is getting paid more from the digital sale, like if they were getting a higher cut and the publisher was getting the same cut they normally get from the like full the direct market version, then I'd be okay. Because if the writer and artists are getting paid for more for my digital copy than they would be print, and I'm paying the same price, I feel better about it. But if it's a publisher that's taking the mo- more of the money from it, then I'm like taking that comic book sales, you know, the comic book shop's money. Then I'd kind of be like, well, why do you deserve that money? You don't. Like, it's not the- like you digitize. Well, maybe they did digitize it. No, but it seems I, I pretty like... much I think they're using the comicsology. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're using their that's free money. Yeah, they're using their know-how. They're they set it up to do this to have all these companies because even the own companies like mm-hmm. the Marvel comic app is comicsology. Yeah. And if you have the Marvel comics app, you can also re-download those in the comicsology yeah, app. All. By it's but the only Diamond, one. The only the only one that's the only one that's different is Dark, Dark Horse. Horse. They have their own. And at this point, it's all free money for Marvel. They could charge ninety nine cents for those issues. The work's already been done. They don't have to print anything. They just need to maintain. Well, they probably don't even need to maintain servers because that's all on Comicsology's end. Any time anyone's buying a book, they can just sit back and count that dollar. Two dollars, three dollars, four dollars. They could say the same thing about the regular print version because there's no returns on there's, comic here, books. Some so when it's are, sold also, through, to, uh, they already got that money then from here's, Diamond. Here's here, the thing. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Companies are also paying to advertise yeah. in those books. So if hey, That's Bang Borkest, we want to take out an advertisement in there Daredevil, are, like or not Daredevil because that's all. Mm-hmm. Digital now, but like the next book that comes out, that we're like, hey, we're gonna buy Wolverine and the X Men number one. Wolverine X Men number one. We're not getting our advertising in this digital book, yeah. which okay, yeah, because you know what. But at the same time, Marvel's making the same amount of money by selling that book digitally mm-hmm. as they are in print. Paul, how much did you pay for this Becky Cloonan? Five bucks. Wolves. You know what this goes for on Comicsology? No, ninety nine cents. Yeah. Well. I bought it right from the. You bought it right from the person, but that is. And I know that all is, five dollars goes right to. That is the, like the printing cost for mm-hmm. that, and yep. for making some money for it. Mm-hmm. Digital costs. She's even said in her interview, she's getting that money back yeah. with that ninety nine cents. You know, you guys all bought the uh, the one where the guy goes through the, the marsh to the the mire the mire really good. Really good. You guys, you guys, yeah. you guys bought that from her. I had already bought it digitally. I, yeah. I paid a dollar ninety nine. She still got that money, mm-hmm. and you guys paid for. Th- we gave her more money. You we gave loved her, more, her more than you because did. you paid for the printing. Paul loves and, her more than all. And hopefully, she loves me the most. <laughs> you did give her the crazy eyes, <laughs> and she made note that you gave her the crazy eyes, but. That's that's the thing is she's still she's happy about those digital sales because she's making money. Yeah, and here's the thing. And like, she said she even said, Comicsology takes care of it all. All of a sudden, yeah. boop! I got money in my account. 
Mm-hmm. And here's the thing too. Think of when we go to the conventions, how many tables do we just walk past? And guess what? I don't think she's declaring the money I gave her on her taxes. Yeah. But, and then here's the thing. We know who Becky Cloonan is. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop at her table. We're going to buy a book. We're going to buy the sketchbook. We're going to pay to get, mm-hmm. you know, the head sketch in the sketchbook. We're going to buy Batman number six because Becky Cloonan's name is on it. Like, but we're doing that. And there's other people that are just going to walk past that table. They are going to be the us to any other like indie creator or mm-hmm. people we're just not aware of. I, and go ahead, sorry, no, I, I'm, finish, I'm going somewhere. No, with yeah, this. finish your story. Be, and that five dollars for Demeter, that's five bucks. Mm-hmm. If someone's just on Comixology and they see like, oh, dollar ninety nine, that's a much more acceptable price point for like, yeah, I'm going to buy this book and check it out. Mm-hmm. Versus, yeah, five. because it's going up against so many other books that are also. But I've I've been buying uh, American Barbarian, okay. which is a Joe total. Kelly? Uh, yeah. It's a Joe Kelly book. All with Grant Morrison too, I think, right? Grant Morrison no. worked with him on. Or maybe I'm wrong. No, I think that's that's Joe the Barbarian. It's Grant Morrison. Oh yeah, yeah. American Barbarian. Barbarian. But it's all Joe Kelly and. I well, feel giants. No, that's Joe Casey. That's that's Joe. But Kissing. it's a it's an in, it's an indie book that. I read, I read at because it was like spotlight on indie, you know, indie digital books, and I grabbed it and I really liked it. And I've been buying the series. And Paul, who just left to go to the bathroom, was someone who also read it and was like, "Oh yeah, I really liked it. I was glad to see that you have issue two, so I could read that." That indie price, those guys are putting the same amount of work into these books, and they're able to do it and get ninety nine cents. Where four ninety nine for Joker's daughter. Yeah, and here's the thing: Joker's daughter is going to sell a hell of a lot better than than that book. Than that book, exactly. And the same thing with Miracle Man. Miracle Man is just a reprinting, yeah. and they pay. They made you pay five ninety nine for it. Even when I went to download Joker's Daughter right now, it comes up on Comixology under Batman, Joker's Daughter number one. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing that that's the thing that gets me about like the digital is even getting back issues when I was trying to get that backlog of Thor books, everything was three ninety nine, and that's that is. A stellar book. Mm-hmm. The art and everything is is killer in that. But the last issue that just came out, I think sixteen, where it's not that stellar art, and it's not it's eighteen was just came out eighteen. I think so. Go ahead. And anyways, it's that's not important. Mm-hmm. But I didn't finish reading it, and wow. I paid that three ninety nine for it, and it's kind of like, eh, it, this isn't going to have anything to do with anything. What happens in here is not going to tie into what the major story arc is going to be, mm-hmm. and I'm not a huge fan of this art, and I just paid three ninety nine for it, and I'm not going to read it. But it's a tale of young Thor in the age of the Vikings. Here be a dragon. Enough said. Yeah, you're just reading. You're I'm reading the <laughs> yeah solicitation. You're reading the solicitation for it, but because you know what they don't give you? It's the name of the artist and writer. Yeah, Until and click on and I got it just because it was Jason Aaron, and I've really enjoyed this book. And it's not 
I don't oh. look at it as shame on me. So far, I kind of like the. I'm well, digging on the art. The, the art is very reminiscent of Profit, mm-hmm. which I've really liked, but it's not the three ninety nine yeah. price that I've come to expect from Thor. The one question I have is the AR reader on the digital app. Mm-hmm. What what you can't. Do I take um, out my phone and do the because it never pops up? Like what? What? What's I, I the read. Air? I read an article about that later or earlier, where Marvel is possibly looking into doing all of their own comic stuff, and you will have that functionality where if it's an AR panel, you'll be able to like tap on a panel and then it'll load the like background story or the video clip of like that character. This is something that could be coming on their own because Marvel like was working on like a trademark or a copyright for their own comics thing and possibly mm-hmm. moving away from that comicsology where okay because right now I click place. on AR it just flips yeah. me through the next page but because it doesn't as what it is. okay with the 399 price point for Thor God of Thunder Marvel's sharing some of that money with comicsology we don't know the amounts or anything mm-hmm. but if Marvel was doing this all on their own and they can still charge that three ninety nine, that would all be going towards that. I, I I imagine it's cents on the dollar that Comicsology. I mean, the Comicsology is definitely in it for a business. Well, They're, they weren't making enough money where they decided that they actually had to go out and not just do comic books anymore. That they actually had to branch out and as a company. And I think they are trying to develop. Like a almost a Kindle app, also. Which I, if they said a one-time purchase to read my comics on Comicsology, I would probably do it. If it wasn't like a crazy price, if it was like three ninety-nine or something, I would do it because that's cheaper than the tank of gas to get you to yeah. the comic book store. Well, Marvel has their own. Uh, Subscription where you can read all the books from six months, from six months, six months ago and before for I think what six ninety nine or seven ninety nine a month. And you just can read all the backlog of it's Marvel Universe Unlimited or something. Mm. Uh, the M- MEU, I guess, Marvel Comics Unlimited or whatever, MCU. But anyways, that's enough discussion yeah. about yeah, it's a lot know, of side talk, which was what we do almost every. <laughs> well, we only had we, we only had about. three books. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about that we missed for news was um, going coming on to Superman with Jeff Johns is uh, Marvel Legend, uh, John Romita Jr. Thank you. Wow, John Romita Jr. Which it looks like he's putting some work into that detail. That's nice because sometimes, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was some that I was like senior or junior, junior. junior. Ooh. Uh, that's what I thought till I saw the Superman picture, and I was like, oh, okay. the artwork looks a little bit better than normal, and I, I say that as just someone who's not a fan of his artwork, but a lot of it I think is just he. He's working with a different colorist, mm-hmm. and the colorist is adding a lot more depth and shading to it than you normally would get in like mm-hmm. a Marvel book. And I think also it's not a book that's double shipping. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that there well, could be Secret possibly. Secret Origins, a... it was uh, Jeff Jones and Gary. Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Thank you. And that was, I thought, really good. I really liked the art in that, even though it was definitely cast art, you know. No. It was definitely uh, Margaret Kidder as Lois Lane, and it was yeah. definitely Christopher Reeves. Reeves as Super But that was but, the point. You know, he was but, writing yeah. it with um, Richard Donner. Richard Donner. No, no, that was Action Comics. I'm talking about Jeff John's Secret Origins. Oh. Gary Frank. Because they were doing that for Richard Donner and his run, too. Yeah, yeah. Was Gary Frank on that? Because no, I don't know was, if Gary. Uh, that was. That w- I feel bad for not knowing the difference, but that was either Andy or Adam Kubert. Yeah, and but they were doing it. They the were Bizarro. One was written, was Eric Powell on Eric our, pa- Yeah, from Goon. Yeah, which was a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. But it, like they were doing that. Yes, they were doing that specifically like, because mm-hmm. Richard Donner was on the book that they made the guy. They made him look like. Mm-hmm. But this is this is big news. This is John Romita's like first DC artwork in decade I, ever. Like I don't even know. I, I imagine he's he a, had he's to, a Marvel guy. He, he had to have done something here or there. I think I have a Punisher versus Batman book that he did. Well, still Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of that I was like I think they did that together. All right, Chris, what was your yes. book? Um, or this month. Which is probably the sorry, best book. Sorry, Paul, but the best, yeah, yeah, the best book of the month. Uh, something about. Whoa, of the month. Journey or into the... the Weird or Journey. Well, what, our, what is it called? Our first book is know. from. Our first book. I, I just want to say this is a book that's been in the months of the making because Chris announced this for news and then this he announced is... it for his pick yeah. and then we're doing it for. Well, we Look always back. knew as soon as it was announced. Yeah, I know this is something that I'm passionate about and I was excited for and I had to, I had to have it. I had to share it too. Um, this is our first foray into, yes, please, actual Marvel and, thank you, Disney comic books. This is Disney Kingdom's Secrets of the Weird, number one, written by Brandon Seifert, art by Carl Moline. Um, and this is, a Marvel Disney comic book. This isn't school night. Yeah, yeah, sure. This isn't Marvel printing. Oh, Mickey Mouse and Friends number three hundred and twenty-three. Mm-hmm. This is the first. It's these two companies coming together and publishing a book. Yeah, I I'm good. I don't need more. He's talking about beer. Yeah, but John, he does need more beers. of the comic. You gotta, you, that's your growler. It's, you have to finish it's it. It's my Paul baby. It's your Paul baby. Um, but what we have is, that's the thing, Paul. We say I it. I know. It's, it's Paul's shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> we actually talked about this like this week in the car together. Not us, as in all no, of no, us. No, just, just Chris and, Chris and yeah. myself. Um, Believe it or have... not, we all don't live together. <laughs> <laughs> I just live alone with my dog and my wife. <laughs> I don't get to have any of the fun and hijinks that Chris and John, who live together, away. have. Mm-hmm. That's well, very true. This book is based off of some initial sketches from Imagineer Rolly Crump for the Museum of the Weird, which was going to be a sister attraction to Disney's Haunted Mansion. Um, the Museum of the Weird was going to be a walkthrough attraction that you would see on your way into 
the queue for the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. And what happened is Disney Imagineering at the time had created a brand new way to load people onto rides, which is called the Omnimover. And if you've been to Disneyland or Disney World, you've seen the Omnimover technology where it's the Doom buggies that you ride in Haunted Mansion are on a constant loop. Those are just going. They don't stop. And that helped load capacity into the ride because you don't have to stop your ride to let people on or off. They just do it thanks to a little conveyor belt that they stand on, get in the car, ride through. When it's time to get off, they get on a conveyor belt that shoots them out into a gift shop. This helped expedite people onto and off of the ride. That this walkthrough attraction at the beginning wasn't really necessary anymore. So it was thrown away, put on a shelf, whatever you want to say. Now that we have... Put in a warehouse, as in the Ark from... The Ark of the Covenant, as in uh, Ritter's. There you go. This okay. is this this was put into a big wooden crate. Mm-hmm. Wheeled warehouse in 13 style from yes. sci-fi. And then once Disney and Marvel partnered up, people started wanting to, hey, let's let's do something different. Let's do what we can. And this idea was thrown out there. And we're introduced to a family, the Keeps, who own a curio shop. And our focus characters here are Maxwell and Melody, a brother and sister who kind of fit the tropes we've been talking about. One's brainy, one's a jock. Except in this case, the girl's the jock, the boy's the brainy one. Yeah, but she also recently turned to jock. Mm-hmm. And there's some like friction between them because of it. But she's still the jock. Yeah. She's, she, it's she's the, the jock. It's the jock. She gets hit in the face with a crossball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Goonies, you know, the two brothers. The one working out who does the whole thing in his workout get right. out. And then his nerdy brother. You mean Sam Waskanji. <laughs> it's typical business as usual for this family until almost literal hell breaks loose the one day at the family's curio shop. I don't like the word curio. I don't. I think of Casio when I hear curio. Uh, curiosity shop. It's it's basically a shop that. Ray and Egon were running in Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. It's that they sell books and all the all your Wicca needs, all your doodads. Yeah. But that and that's what the shop is. Mm-hmm. But the shop is more of a front for what they do behind closed doors. Yeah, which is I don't even know what they're really doing behind closed well, doors. But that's exactly the point. That's, and that's the hook here because they're. The kids are not allowed into their parents' study at all. Mm-hmm. And then their swashbuckling Uncle Roland shows up mm-hmm. as their parents are being abducted by strange taxidermy monster creatures. With mm-hmm. a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun that shoots, like, ghost monsters out, and then he's got a sword that he definitely pulled out of his cane. Yep. And it was badass. I'll let Dean Kane from the intro from Nosferatu? No. Not Dean Kane. <laughs> Dean Kane was not in the Superman. intro. It, it, 
It was uh, Carradine, David Carradine. David Carradine. There we go. <laughs> not not the Superman from Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, but Legend the Legend continues from Kung Fu. Uh, yeah, David Carradine. Yeah. And but what we have is just utter craziness, mm-hmm. and we find that Uncle Roland needs to deliver the coffin clock. Mm-hmm. See, I can't remember, like, the villainous's name. Like, it's a weird ghost creature, like, mm-hmm. Palomina, Paromina, something like that. But comes otherwise, out of the... Otherwise, they're never going to get their family mm-hmm. back. So Roland recruits the two kids, Max and Melody, to go to their parents' study through the store into the Museum of the Weird, mm-hmm. where this coffin clock is being kept. Which is bigger on the inside. It's much bigger on the inside. Or uh, they traveled somehow through that doorway. They traveled somehow through that doorway, but they, they open this doorway in their father's study that they've never been allowed into, and then they are in this museum, which has some defenses that mm-hmm. uh, do not want them to be in there. And they also, in order to get there, were able to produce keys. They they each had a key. They each had a key that was given to them. Well, they found. Yeah, they found them. But the thing is, it seemed really weird at that moment where, yes, they had found them, but I'm not sure if they were aware that they had them. I, I think they each found one on their own. Yeah. And were unaware that the other one had it, because it yeah. turns out that See, I'm Roland not... didn't need either one of their those keys because there was a third key. No, no, I think they needed all three. It's just like you turn it and it doesn't quite work, but that putting in that key in the door unlocks that first lock. Mm, maybe. And then that second one unlocks the But anyways, lock. he comes up to him. He's got like ghost legs. His his leg, it looks like his... Well, that's, that's, at, the well, that's, the very that's at the end. Yeah, that he's like, well, I should have known that since you guys have found the keys that you were the only ones that would have been able to retrieve yeah. the, he seemed, he, the uh, coffin clock. He really was totally like... Ugh, I'm stuck with these kids. Don't want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this on he my own. He goes off on his own. This He's is like, not a field trip, kids. Yeah. He's I'm like, not a teacher. He, fi- find the barracks. Look for the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You're going to be here for a while. Yeah, just stay out of my way. Stay out of trouble. Grown-up's going to do some work. He and seems very Ash-like from, like, <laughs> Army of Darkness and on. You know, like, he's been through this shit before. Yeah. Yeah. I've dealt. I've dealt with her, and 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 this is something that when I finished reading this, I couldn't wait for Chris to come home to be like, I read it, and let's talk about it. And then Chris is like, No, like we're we gonna can, talk. About we're gonna it. talk about. It. I'm like, but I want to talk about it now. And we did talk a little bit, but it's and one of the things that I said is, I can't wait. I know this is a miniseries, and I hope they do it just kind of as a miniseries, and then oh, I have a great idea. Let's do something mm-hmm. else with it. But I want the like the origin story of Roland, Roland and the yeah. parents and how they met and how they're doing all this together because that also is something so wait, that was you want to keep Roland, 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 Roland. I want to keep on Roland. <laughs> it's it's a fun book. It was it was really really fun and it not only hit just me as a comic book reader but. What Disney has about it that makes you feel like a kid again, like, 
this is almost like, as I mentioned earlier, like the Goonies. Like any of those stories that I enjoyed as a kid about kids going on an adventure, it it touched on those. It hit on those. And it was a story that even right from the beginning, I was in it. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and, those and sink or swim moments. And the like, art. You're totally, you're totally head above water. The artwork. Water above your head, and you just gotta. <laughs> the artwork, the artwork I'm derailed. I'm... fits the. <laughs> fits you the, didn't even have any more. Fits the fits the story, and the story is good. Like it gets it gets you like that first couple the first couple panels, you're not sold. But as soon as those kids are walking home. Mm-hmm. And they're even, they're just giving that, like, well, I used to be the smart, but now I'm the jock. Would you get on your midterms, blah, blah, blah? I was there. Like, yeah. they had me lock stock. And then when... I totally skipped gym, too. When, I totally yeah. understand. Because when, I went, and I actually said that to my gym teacher once, and I had then got detention. <laughs> uh, so I had to go to gym class afterwards. I'm like, well, I really needed to study for my AP course or show up to your gym class. I studied for my AP course. I'm sorry. I missed Jim. And they're like, detention, you had to make up that class. Do you know, I only got one detention, and it was because my fault. Chris got me to st- skip a study hall. Yeah, we skipped study hall to go to lunch. <laughs> okay. We had to extend a lunch show. We had to extend a <laughs> lunch show. Before I extend a lunch show, it was cool. And, uh, yeah. And then he was like, I got another one. Do you want to come to that one? I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I once during what? my gym class, uh, went in, got a cart, uh, you know, a flatbed cart, mm-hmm. uh, picked up Kate. Because <laughs> what we were doing, because it was raining, we had to walk inside, picked up Kate and pushed her around on that flatbed really? cart. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. The greatest gym class story. Uh, two classes merged together. Chris and I were in the same class mm-hmm. and we merged together with this oh, other yeah. teacher's class. And we had to walk all the way to the back corner of like across all the, yeah, the, the, soccer, to, fields the soccer fields because we had like this like rock the climbing project adventure. Project adventure. It. it was like a rock climbing okay. wall and zip line and stuff like that. Oh wow! And when you get back there, our gym teacher, who was a female, it was I, I forget what her yeah. name, Mrs. Blake or matter. one of them, starts fighting with Mr. Chafee, who was like kind of bigoted. He hooked up like with an 18 year old student Ugh. guy. They start fighting. Mm-hmm. My best friend Chris Roy goes, Mommy, Daddy, <laughs> stop fighting. It's you're ruining my birthday. <laughs> then runs all the way back to the school. And he doesn't run. I don't run. He committed to that run. <laughs> runs all the way back. And the teachers stop. And they. They look at each other, then they look at me, who is standing right next to him. <laughs> who was standing right next to him until he bolted. Until he bolted, call. until he runs. And I just give the, mm, like, shoulder shrug, like, I don't know. I didn't even know it was his birthday. <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh, I gotta stand here and do nothing till he comes all the way back. I, I came back. But he did, but... He committed that run all the way back, but he walked <laughs> all the way back to Project Avenger. He wasn't going to run. What the hell did he I ran care? there. I'm going to walk back. I didn't like gym class. That was that was like the greatest gym okay. moment. That and when uh, Metzger 
<laughs> we for Project Adventure, you had to create a rope. It was a rope harness. Rope harness. And this one guy, Jason. Jason. I know. I was going to give his. It doesn't matter. I don't remember his last name. I but do. this kid, Jason, created that, the rope harness. And our friend Metzger hooked onto that rope harness, then ran in the opposite direction and pinched his nuts. <laughs> but here's the thing. He only did that because we goaded him into it. Be like, no, it'll be so funny. Like, you clip your harness to his, you run, you're just going to, like, pull him. <laughs> and it'll he, be funny. He was a heavy set guy. But also, after that, we started calling him, like, Iron Nut because two other times that year, he got hit in the balls. <laughs> Uh anyways, anyways, this book was it that was fun it was fun it it really was fun. It's something that I can't wait for issue two. I couldn't wait for i can't, i can't i this I did not want this book to end. everything about it hits those things that I love about those kind of fun i I don't want to call them horror but yeah, it's, it's supernatural. It's supernatural stuff that it just resonates with me. I mean, as soon when Uncle Roland rolled in with that double barrel shotgun, I was like, like shooting the ghost, shooting shooting ghosts out of it with that sword. I was like, sold. I already liked it, but I'm sold. You know where I liked it when he's like, oh great, candlestick man, <laughs> which yeah. is like, it, that's like oh. the. That's your countdown for like, yeah. once this is like the candlestick man's done. It seems like no, there's definitely a hierarchy of like the supernatural events that are happening in that room right now. Okay, the texier, taxidermy like demons, cool. That's at your average run of the mill. Like I'm I can, Uncle Roland, I, I deal with this shit all the time. I can deal with it. Candle man, candlestick man shows up. Well, f me in the day. Because this is just horrible. This means that some real bad and, shit is just. This, and that's and that's that kind of rule hierarchy, like actual building of the world kind of stuff, is what I really enjoy. And that's what I like that this is a mini series because it's not like we told this great story. Now we have to have fill in stuff till we get another great idea for a story, where they can finish the story off, mm-hmm. and then somebody's like, "I really love what you did there." Boom! I'm gonna, I'm gonna up it. I'm ant, you know. Uh-huh. I'm raising you this. I'm anting up, and then build, build the Double story, down. build the story from there. And that's what I like that is not an ongoing series that we can get, just get these mini series that are just gonna hopefully every time knock me out of the park mm-hmm. because and this one so far has teed me up and knocked it. And this is something like right in John, the sack. John and I talked about a little bit. When I came home and he was like, I read it, I want to talk about it. And I was like, no, I love the fact that this has the Disney Kingdoms semicolon Secrets of the Weird. I think we're going to see Marvel's Disney Kingdoms and it's going to be a Future land of of tomorrow. It's going to be a line of books almost. (laughs) That's going to be a movie. Well, yeah, Tomorrowland. That's what I'm saying. Like you could do... Disney Kingdoms slash. I I want this to be like okay Paradise of Animal Kingdoms. Every year we get like a mini series or two or three mini series that are falling under this. Like no, it's based off of Disney stuff, but it's not going to be like hey you're looking at it's a small world. Like Mm -hmm. I want it to be 
like looking at the concept art, the stories mm-hmm. behind things, and telling something else. It's some. It's based on stuff telling a story that's not Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It's not Donald Duck. Because there is there's such, and this is my Disney nerd coming through. Like as soon as this was announced, I was like, this is for me. Like. Well, Disney and Marvel like know that I read like stuff like this. Thank you. Like, do you want this stuff announced at D twenty three or at Comic Con? D twenty three because Comic Con's such a hubbub of stuff. I want things to be announced at the Disney Expo. Do you, do you want them to bring back the Darkwing Duck book? Yeah, obviously. Do you want the same guy that was writing well, it before? Um, Jim yeah. Silvani is like on Twitter and he puts up just like his artwork that he's done at conventions and stuff like that. And he says they are trying to do more. Well, I'm, I'm now there. that star Wars is going to be reverted yeah. back to yeah. Marvel. It's I, there's no reason. There's no reason for them not to. Mm-hmm. As soon as this was announced, though, they had my attention and I'm glad that they delivered a product that's worthy of it. I want to find out. It what's was worth going... it. And even the art was worth it. Yeah. It's not like they just put whoever on art. Like it worked. Yeah. Oh yeah. The art, it, 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 they, I, Carl Moline's been on my radar since I read Frey, which was the, Buffy the Vampire Slayer book that mm-hmm. took place in the future with the last Slayer. Like, mm-hmm. And that's where the scythe came from. Like, you bought me number one. I did. Like, Stallone. that's... Seeing him on this book made me happy. I got punched and, in the arm because of that book. Did you? I was at Bus State. Uh, I was working at HSBC uh, during the day and then would go to Bus State to take evening classes and, like, there would be a full, like, hour, two hours before my class would start. And I would sit there with somebody else that was working the same shift at HSBC with me, uh, taking a stupid communications course just to finish up our degrees. And I would read comic books during that time. And she'd be like, what the hell do you read? And I'm like, well, here, you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, read this. There you go. Written by Joss Whedon. Rishi number one. She reads it and then punches me in the arm saying, what the hell? Now I want to read issue two. <laughs> there you go. And I'm like, I don't own issue two. And I probably never. I will. have that trade. What? Whoever this is, <clears throat> find me. We'll be friends. I'll let you borrow it. Why you weren't you like, oh, my two best friends are huge comic book nerds. Maybe you should meet them. She was already engaged. Oh, that makes sense. And we probably were dating our horrible exes. Yeah, I had a horrible girlfriend at the time. <laughs> but I... I want more of this book. Yeah, you were skipping class to go to the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I I want more of this book. I want to find out more uh, about yeah, this family. Yeah, you were da- dating somebody horrible. <laughs> it was. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's you okay. want to find out more about this book. I want more Uncle Roland. Like, it's left off very, like, vague. Like, is he going to be in number two? Is he not? Like, they're saying, like, wake up, Uncle Roland. Like... I, I he's missing like his legs below yeah. the knees. No, he's now he, Professor he, Xavier. He will be he in a wheelchair. <laughs> he's gonna go bald, and he's gonna explain to the kids what's happening. He goes he away. Is Lord Zordon. He's Lord I, Zed. Uh, no, but he's probably got. He this goes mo- away for two pages, and then comes back with no legs. Yeah. But he's probably gonna be like, "Hey, that's br- what happens to you now." He's gonna be like, "Bring me this over here," and then he's gonna have like ghost legs, ghost legs, or some. You know, he's gonna have something, or he's like, "Uh." These will wear off in a little bit. You guys go do issues two and three. I'll be ready by four, and we'll He's go kick some off the gray. This shit. Oh yeah, I'll grand off it. But like seeing, it's gonna the, come riding in on a space horse, a la like uh, the Game of Thrones style with the kid. 
Yes, just like sure. that. I've never read that. What he's going to do is come flying walk, in on a – he's going to come flying in on a spaceship a la Time Bandits. They do that at the end. Uh, Another reference lost on you. Yes, yeah, I – No reference. This guy knows no references. I know no references. He's like a really bad. I I blame it on the derailing because we derailed like every segment. I'm trying trying to talk about stuff and then it keeps going off. Yeah, that's what happens when you bring derailer. I will never do that again. No. Uh, We're totally. I'm about totally bringing. uh, Fuck you, Paul. I'm talking now. I'm bringing three derailers. (laughs) When do we go? But being that Disney fan and. Being familiar with the concept art that Rolly Crump did for this attraction that never came to be, you see it in the actual artwork that Carl Moline does. After they walk in through the door and then they're in the Museum of the Weird, there's like the weird alligator thing that has the Candle bells hanging the from, the, from the tail. That was something that he designed to put in the museum that you would walk through before you got to Haunted Mansion. The cart that you see... Mm-hmm. That like explodes and all the ghosts come out of it. That was supposed to be Madame Leota's cart that would be parked outside the haunted mansion. And after you went through the ride, you would see her gypsy cart. Madame Leota's the gyp, uh, not the gypsy, but she's like running the sands that you okay. see, like her head's in the crystal ball that's floating okay. in the haunted mansion ride. Mm-hmm. That was her cart. Like, that was designed to be that. And to see it done on the comic book page, because it never came to be actually physical in the parks over here. That makes me happy, because the people that are just buying this book, because it's like, oh, it's a Disney comic book. I'm going to read it. It's coming out from Marvel. It's number one. I'm going to check this out. It's one of those things like, it's cool. You see a gypsy card explode. Fucking ghosts are coming out of it. Awesome. But seeing what it was, what it was supposed to be, and it wasn't forgotten. It's here. That fills me with that kind of nerd joy that you very so rarely get because it's it's being respectfully paid homage to. And it's it's that nerd joy. How many you got, Paul? Four fifty. Nice. That's awesome. Dude, I haven't bought it for, since I didn't buy one in December or January. Th- Paul and I had a thing where we were buying <clears> Disney <throat> gift cards. To pay for trips. 300 paid for Lexi and mine's food and souvenirs for the week. Okay. So you're in good shape. I got to get back on track. Start I wanna, buying those again I for wanna, October. I, I want to buy, you know, I want it to pay for my tickets and also maybe my room. And then have my you're, spending money be my spending money. You're pretty good. Like yeah. For the three-day park hopper passes, it was like 500 so you're well on your way. Because we're talking about all this stuff in the Disney, Disney parks, and I'm like, let me pick up my gift cards and like, and and even if it works a little better for us money wise to knock it back a week or two, like into November, like that first week in November, I'm I'm okay with whatever. Like it's still mm-hmm. like all just up in the air. Like so that's the target date. I think. Yeah. Like with. Now we're talking about October. our vacation. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're derailed. But in October, a, since, that, we're, since we're doing that, I work until six on the twenty second. Oh, God, right. that works. So yeah. that's what time we'll go to. Uh, <laughs> we, we can just head there. Anyways, the we're, we're two derailed. hours in, in this episode. Oh, fuck. we've been derailed so much. Those are the comic books. We we said enough about the comic yeah, books. Yeah, uh, right? um, John was there. Two thumbs up. 
for Seekers of the Weird. It's fun. It's it, it, it's it's very fun. It. I didn't say this before because I was holding on to it. It's very much House Two when Bill the yeah. Electrician shows up. Yes. It 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 those things that I love about supernatural stuff. This book has it. Mm-hmm. Everything about like, everything, and I can go on and go crazy and list all the not so stuff that I love about that kind of stuff. This has it, and it touches that kid in me kind of meant that that mentality that you should never have a thing I, as soon as he said that i heard paul go <laughs> i knew something was coming oh but like kids, the things people. the things that i like i've loved from my childhood on that i still love it mm-hmm. touches those things it makes it pulls on those heartstrings if this I'm trying one, to make this so that Paul like no, uh, lets me I, know, like, I yes, that sounds yes, better. I'm not hyped out, and know, it doesn't give me an erection. I know what you're <laughs> Thank you, Paul. And here's the thing. Like, if this was a cartoon that was airing, like, I would be so there because it fits just that mold. Yeah, it it does. <laughs> Paul's, <laughs> Paul's to, flipping off John. I had to keep flipping John off until he actually recognized it. Well, because Chris was, 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 was talking, and he was making I don't know, this very well... Yeah, points. a very good point. point. Very good yeah. point. This was one of my favorite books from the past month, and it's something that I'm so excited to I, see where it goes. I'd say it's one of my favorite books from the past months, other than it's the... It's my favorite book of the year. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it's January, yeah, January, February. That's, well, for, first week other, yeah. book so far. <clears throat> other, than the, like, other than those books that I'm solid, mm-hmm. solidly sold on, that I'm like, yes, this is... This is in my yeah, rotation yeah, yeah. that I'm always picking up. This is that book that I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for issue two. And when I see... Well, what would you have done if I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Would you buy number two? Yeah, I, I would. Okay. I would. I bought number really? one because I didn't know your, your info. It's, I know. Don't oh, worry about it. I was going to say, it was a Disney like Marvel comic book. Of course I'm going to get it. I know. Also, I think this one was only like two ninety nine. Yeah, I don't think it was, this was only $3.99. Yeah, it, which it which makes bad. it easier. And I would, I would definitely just buy this on my own just to support it. And I think I, I probably will. And, uh, I, I, I can't say enough about this. It's, I dropped Constantine. I dropped, uh, Dark, Dark, Justice League Dark. Dark. Yep. And I need something to fill that. I even dropped all my Hellboy, Mike Manola stuff. Um, the only thing from Dark Horse I'm still willing to pick up is, uh, I heard goon. they're turning the tide on the dark horse, though the uh, BPRD. Lou Sherman. I haven't back been. I haven't. Confident I haven't been reading. I've, going to I go haven't back in the lead. <clears throat> I haven't read BPRD for five years because it just wow. seems like I need to get the back stuff. Yeah. I, it's not something you can because jump Helen on. Because Helen was unleashed on Earth, and Hell on Earth has been going on for like three years. Yeah, now they're tur- they're. Turning the tide now. Yeah, like, I. Tr- Liz Sherman's back, and she's actually going to invade I, and like, well, try to seal. With the the Abe Sapien book was taking place during all of that going on, and I just felt, even in that, I felt like I was missing something. Yeah. But I don't have the supernatural books that I, I'm desperately wanting, and this is one of them. And I can't right. wait for issue two. I can't. I I am a little sad that it's only six issues. But I don't want it to be more than that because I don't want them to stretch themselves too thin. I don't it. want Marvel to double ship this book, though. 
Yeah. Because I want I, six whole months of me I, wanting no, this book. I do I don't hate, want them being like, no, next week, number two. I do hate that I haven't gotten number two yet, though. I but I love I that. Want I hate it. that. It. I want it. Yeah, but it's probably it's, it's probably it's, it's probably like next, next week. week. And just like Marvel's shipping, we will be back next week with another Yay, great topic. Yes. And you can maybe a great beer too. Oh, well, at least two great uh, beers. This, we are going into our. We've been aging Imperial Stouts for the last year. Can so you guys wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. We can wrap it up. We won't hit the button, but we'll still probably be talking about yeah. the time you come back. Uh, we've been aging in Imperial and Double Stouts for the last year, and we're going to be taste comparing those against fresh. Oh, I, I feel like this is something Paul should make a bracket for. <laughs> he should make a bracket. Since he's not here, we can talk about we it. We can talk about it, and then tell him that, no, you were supposed to do this, you dumb <laughs> bastard. Uh, but no, I, something that I've been looking forward to since I bought all the beers I think about $80 worth of Imperial Stouts for a month. Uh, so that'll be starting next week. It would have started this week, but Chris Chris came with these beers, and I was like, uh, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Yes, give me a Berlin well, Age Stout. Before, like, I had the idea this morning to be like, oh, my mom hasn't been to Hamburg Brewing. Like, I'll take her there. Like, It's a good place. And then... I didn't even know they had the derailer. I, I didn't know how much of it they had brewed for that dinner that they were yeah. doing. And when I got there and I was like, do you, do you still have derailer? They were like, yeah. I was like, can you fill the growlers? They're like, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. On, on point. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. And I know Paul is looking forward to you rating and review us over on the iTunes. Oh, that's the most important thing you can do. Only, second only to telling your friends about us. If you tell your friends and they download our podcast, that's even better than a rating and a review. Uh, and just find us over on the Facebook. We're uh, bagged and bored. We love we we literally love seeing that you've liked us because those single ones where people have liked us, we talk about it we to do. each other. We're like, did you see? Did you see somebody yeah, liked us? It's yeah. very exciting, and uh, it just knows that. We should keep up on what we're doing. And if you Comments have on our posts, like yeah. tell us, Hey, you should read this. You should watch this. You should drink this. Uh, friend we'll of the, listen, friend of the show, Steve is basically only, only person that does it. And he lets us know like, Hey, this, Hey, this, Hey guys, did you see this? And we, and maybe friend of the show, Steve will actually end up on the scene of the show, <laughs> like actually having his own show. I don't know. We're still in the works. Expand, I, I, expand the expand broadcast empire. I'd rather like I'd rather want him on the show. He's somebody that wants to fight for you, Paul. He does. He does. He wants fan. to fight for me, but I never <laughs> let him. You, you can't. I he, take the worst side ever. He's always like, I want to do it, but then he talks, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he has the most faulty logic of anybody <laughs> I've ever met. So where do, did this guy come from? <laughs> so do all those things and. We'll see you at the Superhero Olympics.